Hey, it's Dan Harmon from Harmontown. I want to tell you about an exciting new podcast coming to Feral Audio called Launch Left. Rain, Phoenix, and Moon Zappa are going to interview extraordinary minds, mavericks, and pioneers in their fields. This season, Launch Left is going to celebrate nonconformists like Michael Stipe, Shepard Ferry, Spike Jones, Mario Batali, and many others. And those guests are also going to spotlight their favorite left-of-center emerging artists. So listen and subscribe now at feralaudio.com slash left, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do it however you want, man. That's the nonconformist part. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. But seriously, seriously, thanks for being here. I'm uh, really happy that you're here. Actually, truly, honestly, for real time. This is a really great episode of Twisting the Wind. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you suffered through the intro with me. I'm so glad you've returned. Um, look, this is today is the beginning of a brand new reawakening of the wind twisting zone. It's a brand new executive buffet. We've got three different types of bacon. Actually, we've got six, okay? No, we've got five. Okay, here's the deal. We've got 
crispy, regular extra crispy bacon, which is, you know, your standard kind of thing a lot of people like because they don't like it when it's wet and rubbery. Um, also, we've got some medium medium cooked bacon, and that's like, you know, for those people who just, you know who you are. And we've got some of the real fucking country-ass shit, thick-cut, floppy, applewood smoked. That's in one of those chafing dishes here at the Executive Buffet. And then to top that off, we've got turkey bacon, and then on the fifth chafing dish, we've got soy which nobody wants. Just don't eat bacon. Okay? Don't eat bacon. If you don't want to eat bacon, don't eat bacon. Oh, can I get some soy bacon? Can I get some... Can I get... Uh, can I get... Uh, excuse me. Can I get... Can I get... Can I get... Can I get... You guys ever heard that word before? Can I get? It's a new word. It's, not, it's relatively new. It's a word that means... Uh, can I get? <laughs> it's often used in uh, fast food situations. That's simply what it be used for. Like, 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 can I get? Can I get um, a double buster and a snack wagon and a chaser chase? Also, one of those. Uh, can you get a double fuck up patty? Uh, a crisp blaster and one of those uh, Snapdragon Henry whores. Yeah, and make it uh, make it squishy, please. Uh... Uh, can I get um, a double jack, one of those uh, parley foes, um, extra chas, and a uh, bastard brew inside that cantaloupe cook? Yeah, with that special new uh, designy cup, the one the uh, the Matrix Revolutions meets Trinidad James Hop Tub Hobbit explosion brought to you by the office on NBC. Yeah. Uh, can I get, uh, that new, um, DreamWorks Pixar Disney cup that comes with a special dragon flute, pickle, pickle juice, Monterey Jack slam back, flap Jack trap with the double breakfast. Uh, I want it with the double breakfast sides with the, Hey, uh, excuse me. Uh, can I get, uh, I want the flapjack flapjack hamburger back uh with the hobbit central pickle pickle juice jam um double monterey jack jack spice cheese plus uh tabasco green sauce smash ball kage 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 sorry <laughs> Uh, this is Johnny Pemberton. You're listening to Twisting the Wind here on the Feral Audio Network. It's a great network. It's really awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I just, I say, saying really awesome. It's so easy to say that about so many things. Yeah, well, how is it? It's really awesome. Oh, really? So it's just, it's like as awesome as it can get? Yeah, it's really awesome. So what would you, what what would you use to describe like, uh, some sort of an impromptu, friendly alien landing in your backyard. What would that be? Would that be really awesome? Oh, I guess that would also be really awesome. Yeah. I just, until I got is really awesome. So I'm just going to use it a lot until it's dead. So that's the truth there. Feralaudio.com for really awesome. Please, please, please. I, I implore you. You're going to buy shit on Amazon. You're going to do it. I do it. I bought a, well, who knows what I bought? <laughs> I bought all kinds of crap, dog. 
Can I get like um like a new replacement for my French press that I broke, knocking off the coffee grounds into the compost? Yes, you can get it on Amazon.com. But shop through our feralaudio.com portal, please. please. You can get a popper stopper for your microphone, for your fledgling podcast. You can get brooms, rooms full of brooms if you wanted to. And it'll probably be shipped to you free. So do that. We get a little kickback. I don't need that. Buying Shaq behind the Lakers back. You can buy that Cool Keith album where Cool Keith says that, which I believe is from Lost in Space, uh, Black Elvis. So you can buy that album on Amazon and we get a little kickback here at feralaudio.com. We need it. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Also, if you want to email the podcast, it is twistingthewind at jamail.com. You know it. Send uh, musical suggestions, guest suggestions. Send massive negative um, <laughs> you could if you want to if you want to send me something that's like you want to say that's really mean but you can't you shouldn't you know better than to say it on YouTube or to the person who you want to say it to send it to me I'll be, maybe that'd be kind of a fun new thing huh send me your hate mail but not directed toward me send me your hate mail for other people or other things and I'll transmute it and maybe I'll I'll like you know I'll be like a large blast assist from a white blood cell and I'll engulf it and I'll break it down into some sort of an enzyme and then have it gurgle up through my throat, breathe it into my lungs. And then I'll call up, um, some sort of a, I'll call up like a fucking arms dealer and talk to them and see if maybe they want to be nice all of a sudden. Okay. We'll try that out. Experimental. La musique experimental. Ceci n'est pas un podcast. Juste un émission de radio. Merci beaucoup. Encore on y va. Ceci, les premières places pour votre écouté. Merci beaucoup. That was French right there. Most of it bad and improper and probably sounds like I had a some sort of a stroke in the middle part of my brain that affects the speech pattern. But somehow, wow, there you go. Do-do-do, Kaiget. This today's episode is brought to you by Kaiget. The only thing you need to say if you want something at a place where they sell it. Kaiget. This episode is also brought to you by Joe Wagner, one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life and continue to know and speaks with the influence and the, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a great word here. That I was lost it. I lost it. He's just a very uh, well-spoken man, and he's my guest today, guys. He's my guest on the podcast. Joe Wagner, writer, comedian, bomb vivant, uh, just so many great things. I, I call a lot of people on this podcast who are guests bomb vivants, and maybe that's the theme of the podcast is people who enjoy life, which I think is the most part of who I have on here. You know, if you're enjoying life, people want to talk to you. They don't know why, what they do. So that is the case here with this twisting the wind for the most part. Is if I'm talking to someone, they're probably a bon vivant. They probably enjoy, enjoy something. Such is the case with Joe Wagner, who I'll be speaking with at length here. Hope you don't mind, but this is a real languid podcast. This episode, this episode is for the French countryside. This is for your drive to, to file those divorce papers. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry about that. I mean, sometimes you got to file divorce papers, right? And it's probably, probably sucks to file your divorce papers. 
But maybe this will make it better, okay? Fine. We're not very. We're not busy at all. So okay. Can we just get? Can I just get like a quick rundown of the products and stuff? Because I'm just just really bad at making decisions in the moment. You know, I, I get in there, and I just get like, you know, you know, you ever had that problem where you just once you step up to the plate, you just can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's me. Yeah. Do you like um? Do you like sweet or do you like more sour smoothies? Um, what would be like a sour one? I don't know what that means exactly. Um. Um, the strawberry surf rider, it's, um, it's probably the most sour one that we have. It has lemonade, lime, sherbet, strawberries, and peaches. Whoa. And that one's one of my favorites. That sounds... It's really good. Is there any way to, like, you can add a pizzazz to that or no? Um, well, what do you mean? Like, make it more sour? Maybe more sour or just add, like, an upsell, like a thing where it has, like, an extra, extra, like, pizzazz in it, like, um... I don't know, like a protein blast or like a fiber juicer or like a Snapdragon. Do you guys yeah. have Snapdragon there? Yeah. Um, no, we do not. I can um, name you off all of our boosts, though. Yeah, so boost. Like, that's what it's called. I thought it was called a pizzazz. Maybe maybe at like Smoothie King or something. Oh, those people are... I mean, it does give it kind of a pizzazz, but really? that's not what they're called. What does pizzazz um, mean to we you? Have, um... I don't know, kind of like, like wow, I don't know. Like wow, yeah. Yeah, wow is a better word um, to say. Um, sorry, go ahead. I was interrupting you, I'm sorry. Okay, we have a 3D charger, antioxidant balance boost, which is like a meal replacement. Mm. Um, C&Sync, chia seeds, which is um, like flax and fiber. We used to have flax and fiber, but um, that took the place of it. And then we have daily vitamin, energy, Greek yogurt, lean advantage, um, probiotic, soy protein, spirulina, whey protein, and whole grain. What would happen if you got all that in the same smoothie? Then it probably won't taste like the strawberry stir fryer that you ordered. What do you think it would taste like? Or that what you're, um, powdery. Powdery. But couldn't you just put like a lot of banana and like liquid in it? Yeah. We can make this smoothie however you want. What if I could? I, could I have a could I come by name? I could call it like the Chucho Valdez, and you would just name it that, and I could get it on the board. Or what does it take to get it on the board? Um, we can't do that. I mean, we have like a board that we um, use in the back, and we can just like write on a piece of receipt paper and um, tape it back there. Oh, what do you mean? What is that? That sounds cool. Wait, I don't understand. It's Say just that again. like. If you just make your own smoothie, right. like one that we don't have on the board, we can write it down so that way we can make it for you next time. And so next time I come in, I could just say the name of it and people will be like, yep, you got it. Yeah. So what if it's like, what kind of names do people have right now that are cool? Um, it's just, just like their name and like their smoothie. Oh, it's just their name? No one has like a cool thing like um, like Flip, Flip Magician Jackson? No. Or like uh, the trains coming to the town? No. What about like a, you know what would be a funny name for one? It would be a Poo Poo Blast. Yeah, that's well, pretty that, funny. But that would be, that would be kind of, I don't know if that's gross or not, is it? Yeah. It is? Yeah, it's kind of gross. Well, we all, we all do the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I actually have never done that outside of the house. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about... Uh, there's something wrong with your phone there. It sounds strange. Um, no, but um, we have customers, so... Okay. Are you like Are you wondering anything else? Yeah. Do you have any more questions? I do. Is there a way I can just I can just quick ask talk to someone one of the customers and ask them what they're getting just so I can see what the what the best thing is to get? Um. Just real quick, I just want to ask them what they're what they their what they think before I come in. Do you really want to? Yeah, it'll be great. Just you know, real quick. Whoever you think is be the be- the best. Okay, just one second. Thanks. Hello? Hello. Hi. How's it going? Uh, pretty well. How are you? Good. This is a Jim Straw Pipe. I am... Um, so, what are you What are you going to order today? Um, I'm probably going to order Caribbean Passion. What is... Oh, can you say Red that again? Can you say that again? I didn't hear what you said. Caribbean Passion. Oh, what is in that? Is that, is that really good? I never had it before. Um, it's one of my favorites. It has uh, passion fruit, mango, strawberry, peach, and orange in it. Wow, that sounds good. Do you know, um, you sound, I, is this Carol? No. Oh, you sound like I, my, I don't know any Carols. Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You sound a lot like my friend, my friend Joe Wagner. You're like his best friend. Oh. You sound like, you sound a lot really? like her. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> wow. What are the, what are the odds, huh? Mm-hmm. So you're going to get that Caribbean one, huh? Do you think I should get that one, or what do you think? I think you should get Caribbean Passion, but, I mean, everyone has a different taste. Yeah, that is true. Everyone does have a different taste. Are you going to, like, take it outside, or are you just going to drink it in the car? Um, I'm kind of in a hurry right now. I'm probably just going to drink it in the car. Oh, where are you, where are you heading to? Um, I'm about to go to work. Oh, cool. That's great. That's cool. Is it fun? Do you like your job? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I do. Oh. Um, I work at Best Buy. No, no way. You know what? I love electronics. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is so strange. Okay, uh, well, I really appreciate that. Maybe I'll come by and I'll um, buy an MP3 player, you know? Uh-huh. You can never have too many MP3s, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I love, I I love MP3s. Are you, how many MP3s do you think you got? Sorry? How many MP3s do you think you got? Um, I have no idea. Yeah, it's hard to I count them. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Well, um, that's cool. Um, maybe if, see, I'm just trying to figure out if I want to trade up, trade up my camera phone. <clears throat> maybe, maybe you should. It's always a good time to upgrade. Is it always a good time to upgrade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's but like, hey. Yeah. Um, I gotta go. I'm already running late. Oh, for, I'm so sorry. For okay, be there for thirty. Yeah. Pass me back off to um to to, to the next customer, please. That'd be great. Thank you. All right, just a minute. Great, thanks. You could. You could. We can make this like a therapy session. You could lie, supine, <laughs> <you> could <wax laughs> about. Supine is such a great word. Supine, supine might be 
I feel like we're going to have a great Supine. collection of words by the end of this conversation. Oh, yeah. Supine is one. I'll, I'll mark them down. Hold on. You and I both like, we do share a love for words, don't we? Did you grow up like in school? Did you like, did you actively like vocabulary, like vocabulary time? I fucking loved it. Dude, me too. I, I loved it, I learning words. Shit. I loved it. And I loved, right. I loved acing it. I loved like just fucking. Like, right. Remembering words and what they meant and how to use yeah. them seemed like such a such a treat and a skill and when you realized it could be a skill right it's also a thing where i uh you know how there was you had friends who were good at math yeah and then you had youth your yes my, my filipino friend arnel fajardo <laughs> <laughs> he was good at math oh he was arnel yeah fajardo. arnel was good at math sciences but you know what you uh, arnel was one of my my favorite 90s right. Staying on the 90s tip um, Stereotypes Which was The stoic Asian Keyboard player In the high school band In, in, in the In the high school rock band You know like In your junior senior Like I, I went to a small school So there weren't a lot of like Hey we're gonna put on a, You know put together a band right. There was like one Basically In our senior class And Arnell was The keyboard player And he would just Stand there Like no, no expression, no physical manifestation of. Well, because he was so deep into it, right? Well, but it also just to me, it all like it. it it's in School of Rock. If you watch School of Rock, yeah, they, they have put one, right? they put like the stoic Asian kid. Well, you know what? Someone's got to care. <laughs> Someone's got to care. Someone's got to give a shit. Someone's got to not be like deeply rocking out so hard that they. Forget. Someone's gonna kind of be like, "Hey guys, this is a job." Right. Hey guys, this is a job. This is, you gotta have the serious guy. But then it would be great to know that if it was that, it's the same guy who's like married the like seventeen-year-old girl. Right. I was just reading about who's the guy in the Stones who married Are you like serious? in the, the Rolling Stones. In the Rolling Stones, I just read. Isn't it? Of course, uh, I'm not like a huge music okay, guy with Charlie some of the bands. It's not Charlie Watts. Okay, the drummer. There's Mick it's not Jagger. Mick Jagger. It's not Keith Richards. Then, I don't even it's know. the it's the guy fucking other guy. Knows. Oh, what a sad guy, dude. He married a 17er. Yeah, like a 17 year old when yeah. he was like 50, 50, something like that. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, people are people get hey, outraged yeah, about that if shit. It's really, it's if like, it's you know what, shit. It, She's an international famous rich rock star. She's probably been giving blowjobs out at her modeling jobs since she was 14. Oh, my God. She probably has. Johnny, but... Oh, and so you're saying if she just commits to blowjobs to one 50-year-old guy, that's better than to, like, 20 yeah. 50-year-old guys. better than her getting tricked out by some, like... That's right. You know what? Who doesn't have a car? If it worked out that way, <laughs> the guy's like, "How? Oh, uh, you know what? How about you pick me up that way?" It's like a thing where we'll get some great shots because it's closer. Where the sun, the sunset where you live, that's when we look great. I'll just uh, you know I'll swing who, on by. You know who taught me the term for that guy was Aaron Lee. Really? Because Aaron Lee learned it through the uh, adult business, which know. is how was how was he? Uh, Aaron did some work at Larry Flint Publications. Okay, and was that when he first moved to town, kind of thing? Yeah, I a think not. Not soon after. It's yeah, um, he met a lot of really interesting writers. Aaron Lee is a writer. I don't. I, who does he write? What does he do now? Oh, Aaron Lee, he's working on. He went into the sitcom world, and he's right. doing he's amazing. Like staff he was there now. for. He was at Cleveland for like four. He was whatever the thing is above staff writer. He was that. 
And then, like, some kind of, I'm sure co-producer by the end. Of, he did, like, the whole run of Cleveland. But Aaron taught me that uh, those guys, suitcase pimps. Suitcase pimps. Suitcase pimps. Because one of the most notorious ones was the boyfriend, the small town boyfriend that came out with Dorothy Stratton. Do you remember? She was remember a her. she was a playmate. She was one of those first playmates who got right. into, like, acting uh, in the 70s. And had a had an affair with Hugh Hefner and then the 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 original boyfriend the suitcase pimp who was basically just kind of living off her right and her and her playboy money and had like a huge coke problem but probably like very went very... nuts and like killed her and killed himself oh okay so it's that i should it's a story i should know well it's a good it's, it's, it, like... it's a good it's a good hollywood story in that way it's of like, like the way tale. people use each other yeah and those guys those guys that they attach themselves early on. It's usually the small town boyfriend or the boyfriend they have just after they, they leave the small town. Right, because they're like, just so new. Right. Ready to get fracked. And, you know, and the, mo- <laughs> <laughs> the movie, they made a movie of it. Oh, really? And um, Eric Roberts plays the boyfriend. Nice. And I've, ne- I've never seen it, but he's supposed to be like super intense, you know, Eric right. Ro- young Eric Roberts. Super intense. Do you like seeing all the old Eric Rob, like the way he pops up in movies when he popped up in, he's in The Dark Knight, which I think is so I don't think I'm much of a sweet of him like as you are. I don't think I really, I don't notice stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I see now people, I mean, I don't know, I vote, somebody was just telling me about a great documentary on character actors. Oh, it's called, uh, it's something like, Who Was That Guy? Or, or, yeah, I think oh, that's oh, what Oh, it's that guy. <laughs> or maybe it's called, Oh, I remember him. Or maybe it's called, Honey, do you know this guy's name? Or maybe it's called, Hey, uh, wasn't he in, um, what movie was he in? He was in, uh, oh, he played that creepy, Hey. Is that, is that what it's called? That was the title of it, right? Um, what was it called? Um, oh, there's so wait one- a second. I think I remember this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would not be surprised if one of those titles is the actual title of it because that's how they title movies now. It's like it's like a <laughs> colloquialism. But it's like something a fucking web browser says we- to you when it's down. Like, sorry, bro, we're just not functioning on all of our cylinders right now. Chill for a second while we re-upload your video. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> That's the title of a movie. Oh my god! Hey man, look, we're trying here, okay? <laughs> it's hey basically man. like hey man, a whole trying. disclaimer that's like, <laughs> look, this man. is a, we tried. <laughs> hey man, look, we're trying really hard today. We got we got slammed this morning, so appreciate you waiting on us. God, can that be? A, wouldn't that be amazing? The world where like there were just honest disclaimers in front of every Hollywood piece of shit that yeah. was like, look, we this is this is just another. I mean, just like t- white look. text on black screen. Yeah, it's like a ten minute long. It's like Star Wars, but instead of it being this story, it's, it's like, like, just like what this, happened. The script was originally much more thoughtful and heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the option went through this is options over seven years ago so we had to bring in a different writer to update everything he had a problem with his contract so this was stuck in in development for a year and a half god I, it, may, it reminds me of a i remember seeing bob Odenkirk do this great joke once it was one of those kind of smug there's a lot of stuff at largo the original largo that was just kind of it always came off maybe a little smug if you didn't know how things work in this particular business and exactly, like it was like the first real alternative kind of thing going well on. Is that yeah it? largo it was on cabaret and then eventually largo really was that main show Lapidus? 
Beth Lapidus was on Cabaret, and so now she's keeps, her day, she's, just saying hi, Beth. She she'll probably put you on her show. She does. Oh, she's continued. I don't think she knows me. She just started it up, but she's been putting up all these new comics. It's okay. basically like the 21st Century 2.0 version of the show that she started. Right on Cabaret. And then and then Largo was you know from like maybe like 98 to like early aughts like you know that was that was the show. That was and bald. and Odin <laughs> said one one night he was like. I can't even remember what the shitty movie was. Right. But he was like, he basically acted out that moment of like somebody going, somebody who worked on it, going to the theater and buying the tickets and being like, yes, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I mean, you know, now, Johnny, you've been in a lot of movies and stuff and you've been through production experiences like... It's so different when you are on the other side and you go, even if it's a piece of shit, you just, you do still know how much blood, sweat, and tears oh, went God, into any terrible. of this shit. It's like the thing where people are up almost an entire week before the final, like, rough cut is due. Right. And they're just like, they just get this fucking monkey off my back. Yeah, I mean. Get this bastard out of the door. Productions are, film productions, and I've been working on this Brody thing now for right. like seven Months. This incarnation. Uh, Joe Wagner is the guest today. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Wagner. Hey, everybody. International comedic comedy fame has traveled in so many circles. It's really like he is the bus driver. I'm trying to think. Actually, oh my god, I'm trying to think if I've done anything comedically internationally. Have you? I don't know if I even I mean, done to, like, went to Canada. I've traveled, but I, yeah. I don't know if I've ever done Canada. Is I'll tell you a quick. I can tell you a right. kid story. Well, finish the Brody thing. You were saying how you oh. finished the Brody thing. T- certain TV. I'm working on a, a Comedy Central show uh, about yes, a comedian named Brody Stevens, and yes, yes, and it's a documentary style comedy, and it's been a lot of shooting, and there's a lot of uh, editing, and and trying to put these twelve half hours together, and it's uh, it's just been a long time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's been the bet almost three quarters of a year. Yeah, so. So and then you think about productions. Mm-hmm. You know, some people work on pre-production, just pre-production Two for years. years. Yeah, for years. There's this saying I read somewhere. I don't remember who said it, or maybe no one can lay claim to this. But um, the quote is, "Nothing good happens fast." Right. And I was like, ah, oh, it makes me feel so good about everything because right. it's true. All the all the things I like the most, I find out. Oh, so we had this idea about 10 years ago. Right. And then uh, it took about three years to find someone who helped me pay for it. It took another two years to shoot it. And then we couldn't release it for another year. Like, you ever seen that documentary, um, oh, my God, Paris is Burning? No. It's one of the best documentaries ever made. That's about a, a, dra- a drag, drag queen scene in New York? In, in New the York? 80s, yeah. In the 80s, right, right. And it's the most hardcore, right. like, you feel like a total punk and just like pre just before probably i'm sure they showed before and just after aids came on this was the height of this is like right when shit was hot and bad and poor in new york and these are like you know these kids who are outcasts in their family and they're all Times square still all shitty oh it's fucking shithole yeah you see it do you see it Uh, you see i don't know if you see Times square per se i can't remember exactly but i think documentaries are good for that time capsule stuff sometimes But that documentary, that took that woman seven years to make it. I'm like, how the fuck did you sustain that? Seven, I know, But right? it's the greatest documentary ever made. It's right. probably like, you watch it now, and you're like, oh, this was just made, right? Oh, and this was made 
like the style right. of it and the way it's done is it seems so modern right. because the way like the minimalism of the title cards and just just there's, there's no interference from the documentarian you don't right. hear her voice at all like I didn't even know it was a she I didn't it know it just feels very unfiltered yeah, it's just fucking oh, it's so right but, well you know what the interesting thing too is is that you and I both do stand up mm-hmm. so we also know what I think is the complete opposite end of that spectrum which is to me the most ephemeral thing which is like oh I tell a joke on stage in under 40 seconds mm-hmm. and then that's it yep and it's interesting when you are both exposed to that and the idea of the create look the creative process there and the saying it maybe 20 minutes combined yeah it's pretty uh short-lived right and then but also knowing that you the next step you might take on the journey might be the creative relationship that's going to be two and a half years Right. And how you how you just have to make those shifts of like managing your expectations. Exactly. Yeah. And like you were saying, if nothing good comes uh, fast is that idea of like, which means to me overall, it's like it's like a car, like um, like when they like uh, your idols running too mm-hmm. fast. You just you got to just Very shift chill. the whole idol down. And I think that allows you to better accelerate when you have to but if it's like right. when you first come out here and you're obviously you have to have that drive but if you don't see the reality of how you have to kind of shift it down yeah chill dog when you know it's yeah chill dog <laughs> when you know that you're going to get into the long haul part when yeah not everything happened in the first two three four five six years you yep. know takes a long time I, I i mean i did odd jobs for seven years out really? here where did you move from well i i was going to school at vassar in new york okay and that's a good school well i had done well smart in guy. high school smart well, guy it was a gifted program well yeah because you're a smart guy joe but i was actually it was one of those things where like again verbally i was very strong right um I tweeted something about this recently. <laughs> like spatial concepts, I'm not great. Right. Uh, common sense stuff, I have some huge really? gaps. Like yeah. what? Oh, I just remember like growing up. Like I think I'm, I'll never forget. I it was something about a chore, like taking out the garbage, and I did it in a way where like my aunt was like, "Why didn't you just take those three at the same <laughs> time or something?" And I was like, "Oh, like I have moments like that." You were thinking about like. I don't. How... I don't think of efficiency. Like okay. I don't think some people think right. like that. I don't really think like that. I um, I once lost a bag of Hawaiian sweet rolls in my apartment because I set them down. Those are delicious, by the way. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> now wait, you you say in the apartment? Now that makes me say. Not specifically in the kitchen. No. Somewhere in your apartment, right. there is a bag of Hawaiian So I live with three rolls. other men. Or th- sorry, three other boys. Okay. <laughs> if you live with three other people who are of the male sex, they are not men. <laughs> There's no kidding yourself that, the, that you are a man at that point. <laughs> it's true, though. It really is. <laughs> like... Number of roommates. This is not a half. Well, and if they are men, it's a halfway house yeah. for men. It's like you're learning to still. <laughs> you're not a man yet. You're sort of like man in training. You you truly become a man if you go to federal penitentiary and then 
eventually right. end up at that home. Yeah, that then you'd be a man. But then you you're a man. Something. But if you're right, then if you have four roommates <laughs> and you're under and a lost bag of Hawaiian yeah, sweet rolls, if you're under thirty-five or maybe under forty, and you have many, many male roommates, you're probably you're not really a man. Totally, I feel like unless you're living in a different sort of country than America. And I would like to tell you right now, I appreciate that honesty of you okay. saying that with me right here, because since I lived with seven oh, other right. dudes for that's two right. years, that was sort of a different and I, circumstance. Though. I agree with that, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say that if somebody looked at me and they didn't know me and they just were like, <laughs> "You don't seem like a man," then I would be like, "You're, you're, you're right." Yeah, I'm, I'm holding off on that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's a deliberate. It was a deliberate, conscious, conscious mm-hmm. choice. Being a man sucks. It's so much fun to be a, like a boy. It's a lot of pressure. Get stoned, watch fucking it's cable. It's a lot of pressure for four hours. <sighs> it's a lot of pressure. It's so fun to just be like a fucking. Jackass. That's why we came to Neverland here. Yeah. Totally, you can do that forever. But so in this this apartment, it's a big. It was like a big loft. You know, we live downtown. It's fucking cool as shit. It's like a TV show. That's the best. <laughs> but it's dirty. It's the best. <laughs> so <laughs> I I can't find this bag of rolls. It's because for some reason I set them. Like I, I do this thing where I always, I'm always running around like a. Where's my bag of rolls? Of Hawaiian sweet rolls. Were you agitated? No, I just, I'm always so like, do a little this over there. Do a little this over there. Oh, what's that? Okay, hold on. Oh, wait, hold it right back. Oh, Do you have ADD? Oh, totally. Yeah. Right, right. Um, like I often, if I leave the house to go somewhere, I'll often re-enter the house two or three times. Like this is regular. Re-enter like, oh, got the sunglasses. Get in my car, drive two blocks. My phone's at home. Oh, um, wow. Like, so I, re- right. I do a lot of that, or I just right. forget stuff because I get so... Yeah. You're just moving. Yeah, I'm just like, shit's everywhere all the time. Right. Uh, but I <laughs> I somehow, like, I couldn't find this fucking bag of rolls. I'm like, where the fuck are they? We have this long hallway that's pretty dark that leads up to the entrance of the door. Somehow, I don't know what I was doing, but I set them down on the phone book <laughs> slash doorstop. It's behind the front door. At the end of this long, dark hallway, and that's where they were for like a couple of days. And my roommates knew about it. And they're like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't know where those are. You can't figure out where they are." I'm like, "Yeah, I just had them. Like, did someone eat them?" It turns out they, I, I do one of those pack rat things. You know how a pack rat works? They, I don't know if it's a pack rat. It's some type of a rat, right? Okay. Where they'll, they'll, they'll steal stuff. But like, let's say I were to steal like your keys, and I was right. that rat. And I have the keys and walk around. Oh, then I see like a little, um, a little like, um. A lighter. Right. I set the keys down and pick up the lighter. It's like this thing where you set one thing I down. See, I, so I see. Gets I see. I think it's like a right, puzzle. Right. So right. chances are there must have been something over there that I picked up and I set down those rolls. Right. Pick up the other thing. And in my mind completely forgot that I even have ever even had. Them. I have a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. One, there's a door. St- you're saying there's a phone. There was a phone book as a doorstop for the front door to the house. Yeah. Because it would swing open or? Well, it wasn't a house. It was an apartment. It was just oh, okay. like a thing where if we needed to keep the door open to carry something in, you had like a little oh, okay. door stop. Yeah. So there was the phone book there. Yeah. And on top of it, this bag of Hawaiian, Hawaiian sweet, sweet rolls. rolls. Yeah. Which are delicious. Um, and of- my other there. question was, oh, yeah, you have those. Um, Nutella or, or salted caramel? I'll go caramel. Caramel, okay. Thank you. Um, These are from this really great place called Flower and Tea in Pasadena. 
Johnny just gave me a money. sweet treat. This is a Japanese bakery. Um, it's that it's that great kind of fluffy kind oh, of yeah. sweet bun. It's, it's like a sweet roll, actually. Yeah, it is it's a sweet probably roll. Probably the same thing because Hawaii, you know, right. influenced by. We, so my other question was, why did you start to look for it? Were you hungry? Were you like, hmm, I'm in the mood for sweet rolls? Or were you like, hey, I had those sweet rolls. I think I was like, hey, I had those sweet rolls in the fridge. Where are they? I want to make this. I don't know. It's just something classically stupid that I was blaming other people for. Other people's fault. I guess I mean, you could see and be like, so if you, if you had to... If you had to guard the tour stuff, you could eat right the sweet rolls. You could. You could find them on the way in. If you, if that, I mean, if you're just going to be stuck by the right. doorstop there. Well, that's why I have here's to some complimentary sweet rolls. I have a very uh, specific policy now where I put my keys, wallet, and phone because if I didn't, right, I you got to put it. You got to put the them. pile of things that are going to go out on your body in some way when the you go into place. the outside world in a pile. Yeah, the same place. right. I do that too. Chair switch. The temperature is great. Johnny is mentioning that because we are going through a heat wave. Is this officially a heat wave? I don't watch news anymore, so I don't watch TV. So I miss all the kind of LA branding of things and phenomenons and like I don't know either. if I watch the news I'm sure heat could they could be wave. throwing heat it's wave been around a days now it's been over 85 in the daytime yeah here's the thing uh I'm Maybe sure you've 90. been through I mean you've been through the summers here where yeah it's the it's not even temperature-wise that hot it's like maybe 85 86 mm-hmm. it's not like 91 well, sometimes it'll be nice. Johnny's even going to put on a jacket inside it is so Perfectly cold, chill in it's here. Super cold. Well, <laughs> you, you have less natural insulation. This is my new Russian camo that's way too big. Dude, last night, it is. It, what's fascinating is to watch a heat wave now with even more of my eye on social networking mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what about it? Because it's like, you know, people are waking up at 3 a.m. going like, it's 88 degrees in my bedroom. I can't sleep. It's hot as fuck. I can't sleep. Got up around every hour, gets up, goes, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. Fuck this. I'm going to go here. Do you think this is going to be the summer of rage for real? Do you know about the summer of rage, the idea of it? What is it about? I love that it's like it sounds like such a planned thing, but it's basically a riot, is what you're saying. Basically, with are people going to go? You're saying it's, it's like people going to go nuts. It's too hot, too many places. Gas is too high. No one has jobs. Food's too expensive, and basically, people's brains cook down and they get fucking pissed. But we're at the end of it. We're at the end of this yeah, summer. But guess what? It's also hot as shit in Minnesota right now. It's hot. Yeah. We're, so we're, you're. We're, the, but man. you are saying that maybe we're reaching. Mm. A critical temperature, mass temperature. I think it's about. It's more about the sustained temperatures. I think if it's long enough, it creates rage in people who would otherwise be docile. <sighs> I mean, that's I, a that's a huge kind of negative. That's a huge issue, though, to, to consider. And I sometimes do too, especially again through social right. networking of getting an idea or just being online so much and just reading stuff and being exposed to at least try to get a big picture in your head, which is. What is that critical point? Like, because it, obviously, if you think about how things are broken, mm-hmm. 
and how they have to be fixed, eventually you reach a point in life where you understand that sometimes it just has to it's like society has to hit bottom. Like it will have to break. It does have to I think at some that- point. So that it can be re put together because that's basically the only way out but we still haven't mm-hmm. reached it and i go but will it like you're right could it is the is it this summer or is it literally in 22 years from now right you and i are god willing still alive <laughs> and we do see it like we, we see, do like see breakdown breakdown lines for food mm-hmm. uh rationing of resources to the point of again creating even greater disparity between yeah, the disparity is the big thing. rich and poor. I mean, cause that's the thing. Well, I mean, there's two things there I'll respond to. Uh, one is that, I don't know. I think that things will, I think things tend to continue as long as they can be sustained. Right. As long, even if it means lying to yourself or lying to others and as long as you could possibly, our resources here, of denial are limitless. What is that? I was going to say, I'm just saying it's like our resources of of society denial. It is probably our greatest resource denial is denial is to tell ourselves it's going to be okay. It's fine. I'll still, I'll Zappos has free (laughs) shipping. That's how I turn it Mm -hmm. around. I'm, I'm optimistic that way. Yeah. We could keep denying forever. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can't remember. I was going to say, but you you were saying basically that it, it, it is that sense of equilibrium of like right. inertia, all those laws of physics that apply to, mm-hmm. I think, giant societal mass waves too, which is like, it'll generally continue the way it does. Right. I mean, there'll probably have to be some major external tipping point force. Well, yeah, external. I mean, I guess there's a lot of factors, really. But I, I think the big one, I think everything, I think everything goes back to energy. Because energy is the, if you look at, if you break down any any sort of system at all, you always have to break it down to energy input because that's right. that's essentially everything is based. It on powers energy. the engine. Yeah. So you can say like, oh, this is um, we found a way to make this food that is uh, everyone can eat and it's super cheap. Like, well, okay, but right. How are you making it? Like, what what is the cost? Everything. There's an old saying. It's not an old saying, but when I used to go to this nature center. In Minnesota, it was really great, called Quarry Hill Nature Center. Great place. Learned a lot of stuff. And then the wall, they had a big thing that said, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And I was always like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. And they explained it to be like, well, you know, there's no there's no such thing as anything free. There's, not, there's nothing actually free. There's stuff that like appears to be free right. or very cheap, but there's no such thing as absolute free because if there was, then... That would, every the the entire dynamic of the universe would be right would be, you know, nothing would exist because there so has to be some. It's payment. like something that yeah that's part pay. of it. There's some other part right that complements it. Like you can't. There's no. You can't get famous if you get famous overnight. You're gonna have to fucking pay the piper down the road for something. Right. Or if you don't get famous, it's because you're. I like how I brought this back to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, that's our energy, baby. Okay, why Hollywood energy. <laughs> no, but you know, it's funny. I was just thinking. I was what, what you were saying is that um, it basically is that shift. It was a shift from agrarian to industrial right. society. And the fact is, is that 
I think what you're pointing out, more people are just that much more aware of with all these um, Netflix self-sustaining, <laughs> no, the self-sustaining gardening stuff yeah. and the growing your own food. That's the see. Here's this. Here's the scariest thing. I think is is that that's just. I mean, what people are doing now with gardens, it's all great and beautiful and everything. But it's everything. yeah, it's like nothing. And I'm, a, I'm almost an expert gardener, and I know that I right. couldn't. And that's myself. the thing. And it's like. I, whenever I read about like, uh, you know, when you just read about the effects of the wars in, in Iraq and Afghanistan right. and in some of these areas where what would always stick in my head, Johnny, was when I would read um, power would be available in the town from 12 to 2 yeah. or like 7 to 9. And that was it, and that's, basically. That's a good day. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like that is that that is all that it would take to uh -huh. throw this country oh you would be people would be fucking that's the thing. nuts that's the thing and it's like mm -hmm. will it possibly start in pockets it could yeah i mean you know? is it called rolling blackouts right yeah, yeah 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 they have that and there are yeah there are places where the grid is starting to get overloaded well our grid is very old too right our grid is very old it's not something you can just kind of like do a systems repair on. Right. But it's this vast network that basically is so incredibly complicated, you can't just shut it down. Did you see Elysium, by the way? I did. I got to tell you, uh, here's what I really liked about it. I enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was a good action movie. I thought it, it was very... It's a very thin oh, sci-fi story. It's, it's like, like a short, a it's like a sci-fi short story. I saw Duncan, and we were describing it as a, a great movie to watch at your twelve-year-old sleepover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was a cool action movie. Yeah, but with really you know, like, but go ahead though. Space and good, you know, right. like a good message, but, <laughs> but but like for kids, like how about the poor? Because because sure, two medical spaceships is what uh, Earth. You know the billions of people that are dying yeah. and oh, they're fine. Disease. We'll send on those two ships with I some. Move this. I can't. I'm breaking oh, with some band aids. Yeah. Um, what's in here, by the way? We got Mike's hard lemonade. <laughs> and I'm not joking about that. And <laughs> no, and a margarita for loca. Okay, but um, keep going about Elysium. What I loved about it, right? I love any post-apocalyptic LA. Me too. I, when I Me too. when it's L.A. specifically, mm -hmm. um, oh my God! Like Terminator, the last Terminator had a good one. This one, Elysium, I thought was mm -hmm. so cool. It was, I mean, it felt real. It felt, it felt real. Also, felt not that different than right now. And it's because that guy, that director, he understands that. Yeah, he understands. You, you just make it right, and it's mm -hmm. like, and you find a place that's that now, like the favelas in like Brazil and mm -hmm. stuff, like. You just those places exist where there is just no there's really no law order there's no, law. there's no everything is like constructed from junk or right it's sort of like a, a not a self and it is the it's lowest collective. bottom class of yeah. society that's just surviving mm -hmm. like literally just getting from the beginning of the day to the end of the day they're doing a pretty good job though, a lot of those places they're doing a pretty good like you know how they get power they steal power and they. They have sort of impromptu sewage stuff. I mean, it's not that great. Is, that, well, that's the thing. It's like mm -hmm. people are they are resourceful and productive enough in that way, right? That they will. I mean, I've never see that. Like that's why I always think if it, the apocalypse hit, oh, yeah. I'd be. I mean, I'm I'm You're dead done? weight because I don't. 
like I, I remember the first time somebody told me like oh yeah we figured out how to steal cable <laughs> and I was like how would you even go about that like yeah. the process of it you know I mean I just you have to have a wire stripper <laughs> yes right <laughs> I mean and tools and yeah well, I think that a lot of that stuff uh... I just always think know the person that's how my, that's my resource. Yeah. Know the person who knows how to do that. Oh, well, that's even a lot of survivalists say that. As they say, when it comes down to it, the great, the most important resource resource to have in any event of emergency is friends. It's not right. firewood or right. an axe or a chainsaw. Because or then you have information. Right. You have experience. And also, chances range. are the people who are super prepared are also a bit crazy and could use someone who isn't as crazy <laughs> as them to help navigate the relationships of the world. Do you watch Walking Dead? I haven't watched it since the first season. I got a I got a little tired of the uh the message sort of like the Right. This is what also kind of bothered me about that show is that you know when that kind of thing happened, there would definitely be some some pretty serious racial crime going on. You know there would be. Right. Right. Like cuz there already is now. People right. are already people are all, Yeah, and everything now would be times Ten, yeah. basically. But the, you don't really see that happening. And, like, when they fucking beat that message to death about, like, the super racist white guy, you know? Right, right, like, right. And how they saved him. Like, that guy would be fucking dead. That guy would be so dead. Right. They wouldn't have, they don't have the, you don't have the patience for a guy who hates you because you're, you're race. Either there'd be no, either there'd be rampant racism where it's, like, come down to clans of people who are, who are like you're white? I'm gonna fucking kill you, or right. you're black? I'm gonna kill you. Right. Or it'd be the opposite, to where that wouldn't even that guy wouldn't even be saying anything about that because like, what does he care? There's right. there's zombies. Right. You're gonna like hold. You're gonna have dredge up some right. pre 1800 like. Well, and that's why those racism. those shows and the movies always work because eventually you can show that part of the group dynamic, which right. is like coming together right and working towards a common mm. goal which is the thing that wants to eat, eat your brains but you're absolutely right that's why i find those things i don't watch the show like but you know watch you watch uh night of the living dead or whatever you know dead dawn of the dead you get the great the you know the great thing about those movies is like showing a microcosm mm-hmm. of how a group dynamic works when it comes to fear and self-preservation right. But the problem is, you're right. If they were totally real, it would be like basically it would be like prison. Oh yeah, the prison culture, which is that, which, which is, is like power you have the black like, gang, you have the white gang, you have the Mexican dudes. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's yeah, that's what would happen. And it's not even really racist at that point. It's just like you no, stick to it, what you know. Yeah, because you know that you know someone who is like minded of you and who grew up like you. Even when it comes down to that, you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to trust this person first just because. You you need to cut down on the time of yeah. second guessing somebody's character by whatever right. racist or prejudicial or stereotyped, right. uh, uh, you know, assessment you would have of them. Mm-hmm. Like at first glance, yeah. that is like a that's a biological thing. Oh, it is. And that's what that's what kills me so much about all the things you have. You see happening more and more in the news about like. Ooh, this person is racist. Right. Like, 
Right. So are you, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, are you really not at all right. even a little bit racist? Right. Like Matt Lauer, you never like. I don't see. I love when Colbert does that. Oh, I don't see color. I don't see color. Like he says that. Like that's such a fucking bold, great, funny do thing to the, say. Like, oh, well, I don't see color, so do, I don't really know. Do you remember the first time probably anybody ever said like, uh, uh, I don't have a racist bone in my body? Yeah. I just thought, what have you? What have you copped to? Like, I have. Three racist yeah. bones in my body. Well, they're very small. <laughs> they're like finger bones. Yeah, they're finger bones. I feel like I do. I've got a couple racist bones in my body. I definitely do. Granted, it is my trigger finger. <laughs> oh, that's fucking terrible. That is terrible right there. This podcast is going to be taken down for hate speech right now. <laughs> Zimmerman's memoirs. I do have three racist bones in my body. It's the metatarsal phalange of my right hand. Or my trigger finger. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I do have a racist boner. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have a racist boner in my body. I have a racist boner in my body, but the sponge tissue of my penis the is... The spongiform... What is that shit? Do you called? remember when fucking John Mayer got in trouble for no. saying something like that in an interview? Like, he did some big Rolling Stone interview. Like black girls or something? No, yeah, it was something about like. Oh, I don't like black girls. His dick, yeah, like his. Oh, my, yeah, my dick this. just goes to white girls or something. Yeah, guess what? So does so does the fucking most like so does fucking every jazz musician in the history of time. Charlie Parker, Miles Davis. Oh man! I used to sometimes I would I'd start a set by saying that I was going to be honest, like my hero Richard Pryor, right? And I would go like do a couple things like here that we had in common, like. You know, he took things from his real life and turned it into comedy. Um, uh, he was raised by his mother or something like that. And then right. I'd be like, and we both love fucking white women. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jacito. But I love fucking all, I love fucking all women. Yeah. I, and I, I would like to, I would like to have sex before any kind of committed relationship, eventually, whatever the last long term mm. will be, hopefully. But I would like to have more sex with more races and ethnicities of women. So you want to like get you want to like um, get your palate. Uh, I would. I mean, just spread the palate before you lock down. And not in any way of like I would make a conclusion off any of those individuals. Oh, you just want to like taste the flavor of the rainbow. Yeah, just yeah. for the sensory, the just the sheer sensory perception of it right. of like different complexion different hair the hair that's definitely different a thing. smells people smell mm. different smell like uh, a faraway land <laughs> maybe smell like a dumpster but that's, <laughs> that's a faraway dumpster <laughs> a faraway dumpster you smell you smell like a barge uh, a garbage barge in the middle of the pacific janet you smell like a garbage barge <laughs> you smell like the south pacific gyre i was i was gonna tell you this when i was coming here i took i i don't you know i don't drive right now you don't um i haven't driven for a long time i fucking hate driving well eventually i i had an expired tags right never took care of it mm-hmm. even though that had happened to me so many times over my years here in LA where I would always make sure I paid it just before the expired tags at the, you know, I'd get an extension or two and then pay it. Finally, I just let it go. And then it just, anyway. And then my drive, once when uh, the fines got so high that they were like, uh, we we're suspending your license. So I was like, all right, fine. Take it. Yeah. Hold it for now. Thank you. So, so I I take cabs every now and then I took cab here and the, um, so it's a really hot. We are going through a heat wave. Remember, it's probably everybody. about ninety degrees outside. So the guy had his 
you know, again, the AC was blasting in the Prius. He was ready for the customer and everything. Mm -hmm. I step in and I, my first impression, I'm like, oh, nicely chilled, air conditioned. And then I get the whiff of his particular BO. Now, this is a, I would say a late middle aged, maybe late 30s. Um, I think he was Japanese. Okay. Uh, man. And I got a whiff of his B.O. And I'm just saying B.O. as body odor. I'm not saying it judgmentally as like body odor, but just his his body's odor. And it was. (laughs) (laughs) It was. And here's here's what I was like thinking, like, oh, this will be fun to talk about with Johnny because. Um, He's a fan of it. Felt others. it smelled to me Asian-y. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that means like, have you walked into like a Chinese herb store, or if you walked into well, one, a Japanese not walked into steakhouse or, or something? <laughs> there are. I mean, it just there was something. Of, there was a particular tang to it <laughs> that, that made me feel like, oh, that is a smell that I've associated with Asian people. Did you places, enjoy it? Asian places. Did you find it enjoy it or did you find it, it more revolting? It was, it was, it. see, but here's the thing. I'm not talking about it in that way of like, holy shit, I was yeah. going to puke all over myself. You mean like, I uh, was just more like, it was more like, oh, like a killing, like, <laughs> like it's a cured Japanese meat oh, or something. <laughs> like, well, you know, if you like, whatever food you eat, you sweat out the smell. If you eat a bunch of garlic. That's, so that's what I thought. I mean, it just, like that's what it Italian smelled dude. like. It smelled like. And so, Oh, and then here's the other thing I wanted to tell you because you're a great music file and you love you love music yes. in real life and in your comedy, which I've always appreciated very much. Thank you, um, so we're driving here, and then the, the, the song, the song that played for most of the drive here was I don't know it. I mean, I've heard it, but I don't know who sings it. It was like this. This woman. Oh man. I, I keep bleeding. I keep keep bleeding. Uh, bleeding out love It was oh, like No it was I older than you <laughs> I keep bleeding <laughs> I thought we should look it up Can we look Do we have Internet access Hey It sounds like you're having A really great time Listening to Twisting the Wind Oh yeah I freaking love it <laughs> Well in that case We would love it If you would donate Some of your treasure to us okay. No blood Just treasure Okay Like, like some money Yeah That would be just great That's gonna allow us To keep making this show Oh yeah I got when that When I say us I mean me and us And all of us together here Okay 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 <laughs> Thinks that I'm going crazy. Maybe. Maybe. No, I don't care what they say. They try to pull 
by the vein that I keep on closing. You cut me open and then I... Hey everybody, you're listening to Twisting the Wind here with your host, Johnny Pemberton. Thank you, we're back here now and we keep on bleeding. bleeding we out. really do keep on bleeding. We're bleeding good ideas. You think we're bleeding good ideas? That was the song... That was the so I was telling Johnny that was the song that was playing on my in ride. my cab ride here with between me and this late thirties early forties Asian dude Japanese Japanese and tangy bo <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to recap everybody mm-hmm. sweet guy sweet guy I wouldn't say like it wasn't like totally he he would did not have for example a a um. You know, like, I think a common... <laughs> How is it that... This is a tough thing. When you do start to talk about races where it's like, I'm, I'm trying not to say... You're not allowed, You're not allowed to talk about Well, races. but that's the thing. That you can't if you what? try to create any commonality within the group, that that would be seen as a negation of any individuality. Which is not true. Group, which is not true at all. But what I'm saying is people... You, Please know that it's a familiar thing that Asians can have a deadpan expression oh that they could be very serious. It was fun doing this podcast. <laughs> it was fun. We did, I did 36, 37 episodes. It was great. You know, it was fun when it lasted. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it was so much fun. I really had a great time. You know, it was really cool. Met a lot of good people. Uh, and also, you know, it's fun having this career in Hollywood. I really liked it a lot. It what fun. I'm trying to say is that <laughs> I think my Japanese cab driver. What would you say to Matt Lauer? Who is a little smelly. But it wasn't bad smelly. That was the it's thing. It's just a life smell. It was a life smell. And sometimes. I, look, that's what that's what I was excited about. Are to you a be fan able of to, women's B.O.? Um, I have. Yeah. Well, I have no problem with it. I mean, some people are fans. There's one bo that I cannot stand. I'm a fan. What? You yeah, like you're into it, right? I'm a fan. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm it's but the one that I can't is uh, I know a very particular, and I'm not saying that I have it. Mm-hmm. I know that I that I generally have it. I know that I could get to that place, but there's a very particular fat guy sweat smell. There is. That is like it's it's pungent, man. It is. It's got. This is what I would all say about that is that our dog, right, likes dog treats. Okay. And one of them is one of the, one of the kinds we get sometimes. We actually don't get any more for this particular reason. Is this type of a bone made of tripe, which okay. is cow stomach. Right. She loves it. But Makes for a great taco. Oh, from well, a taco truck. For you, it, it does. <laughs> I'm into it. I've never had it. It scares me. But this tripe bone. It's a little chewy. Has, a little chewy. This tripe bone smells terrible. Right. It smells horrible. And I describe it all the time to Britt as um, I don't like it because it smells like a fat man's ass after he's sweated. <laughs> it smells like the sweat from a fat man's ass, which is basically one of the most heinous. That's a pretty heinous smell. It's a heinous smell, and it's a smell of really what it comes down to, I think, is that whatever fabric is in that area, 
it has now become such a a mineral deposit. It's like a breeding ground. It's like just a, a, a delta of sulfites <laughs> that are being oh, trapped. Shit. Delta of sulfites. And I ain't even in a supine position, yeah, bro. A, but you know, but that I because here's the thing, Judd. <laughs> I love what I was like. I love what I find myself like wandering into a story. I'm like, I can't say who that is because. <laughs> I was recently in a backstage area oh, okay. where there was a larger man who had done a physical piece of performing. And you, and you took in some of that? I did take you took in, in some of that content. I, I took in some, some that, post uh, of that, that post show. That, that value <laughs> It was. And I just remember thinking like, wow, like. I am very sensitive to anybody's moment of a, a body hygiene in mm-hmm. any way because I have a lot of body hygiene issues. And yet, uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying that because uh, like I'm like pig pet or people think I'm stinky. Right. Like, in fact, I'm actually, I, I try to remind myself of the times people are like, oh, you always smell great or yeah. like you look good or whatever. It's like Old Spice. Yeah. Like, you know, you kind of put, put a little something on. Right. Do you want to know one of my latest... Tricks? No. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. I think it was. I think I, when, I, when I answered just now, I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying. Do you mind if I tell you one of my latest tricks? And I was saying, no, I do not mind. Well, it's like a life hack. Ooh, you know I those those life, life hack. hacks now. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up now, a life hack. So if life you don't have so. cologne, okay. Take a little bit of your deodorant uh-huh. and put it behind your ears. Okay. All it is is it's a de- right. it's it's deodorant, but it's mostly if it's you also use antiperspirant, which you, you should. You ever use like gin or scotch? That's an old trick. Oh, that's an old trick. Yeah, um, gin's great. I just thought of it in that way where I was like, well, it it can have a good smell, manly smell. It's right. scented, right? And it's not antiperspirant, and it's and it's just it's just it's just like you just put a dab. I just burn incense and run through it. <laughs> <laughs> like a sprinkler nude like the beginning of do you remember Die Hard 2 when it opens with um, the villain uh, played by William Sadler is doing a nude karate kata in like the hotel room I have not even seen Die Hard 2 oh There's dude a it's a great scene I've seen I have not seen talking about character actors uh, uh, William Sadler he's done all kinds of interesting things you know he's he's the guy who's death in this, this Bill and Ted the second movie Death. He's deaf. Yeah, he plays he plays death like the Bergman oh, death. style death. death. Yeah, he's death. so funny. Yeah, that's William Sadler. That's a character. He um, William Sadler. He yeah. So uh, we'll put his IMDb on the website for everyone later. <laughs> what, what was the IMDb? What was the movie I was talking about that he was in? Charlie's Jackson. Gas Pro. <laughs> um, the Dunmire. Um, Randy Wishkin. Uh, Fly Me to the Boons. That's the one about the people who go to the swamp, but they take an airplane there. Um, I'm never coming back to Georgia. Oh, God. Touch, Touchdown City. I forgot now. How about uh, Havasu, Have a Get? How did you get to, oh, how do you get to Havasu? You ever seen that one? No. It's not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> what are, like, some movies you'd like to make? Um, Give me five movies you'd like to make. Whoa. Maybe they may, they may not be movies you can make, but ones you'd be like... If I just had like a okay, emperor, okay, emperor like yeah, you know, right. I 
I, like I, make me a movie about a right. I am a studio. I am a Japanese. studio head, and I can get five movies made exactly the way I want them. Right. Short, long, just their movies. Okay, I'm gonna say five. Okay, shit. I was so I would, obviously I just kind of go. Well, I'm just gonna go by genres because I like. I mean, I like all kinds of movies. Um, definitely. I would have the. Uh, how about this? I'll start with this one. I would hire the Coen brothers to do anything. Right. I would use one of my studio head wishes to have the Coen brothers just make a movie that I was involved in in some way. Like as well, even just like literally just if I were just a producer, you just got to sit in the room or just sit on the set and watch them work. Oh, watch Joel pick his fingernails. If you're, that's what I like about producers. He picks his. Oh, really? Even in interviews, he'd be like, yeah, and then we just figured that, um, you know, she'd be good, great for this. So, but he's like, I love that so much because I feel like I do that a lot. I was on this table read yesterday. I'm like, I'm fidgeting so much. I must have changed positions in this fucking stool, which, for one, stools should not be anywhere. We, why do we should not have stools? No back. Well, it had a back, but it's useless because your feet can't touch the fucking ground. So, like, you can't... Oh, you it was, I mean? like, it was with a, a back, but it was a high, it was a high, high stool. enough stool. Yeah. So, I'm saying... For a stool. table read? Yeah, it was, it was impromptu. Well, not impromptu. It was just... Right. Whatever. It wasn't, right. it wasn't your perfect circumstances for right. a table read. But um, I'm just fidgeting so much. Like, I know I'm doing this. I'm like, God. Right. I'm a fidgeter. What were we just talking about that I said? Why did I even bring that up about fidgeting? Well, listener, it's for you to decide. <laughs> listener, you know. Answer, listener, please insert your answer now because you know. Because you're listening to this, a listener. This is one of those. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? My friend found the other day. He's moving and he's going through his uh, his stuff. And he found an album he has that was when he worked at the college radio station. And when they would make albums for radio stations where they have the pre-record, they would pre-record the like journey the guys giving answers so oh. that the radio, the local radio DJ just gets the album. Right. And he asks the questions, plays the track. Super spins right <laughs> out the box. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny that like, I mean, but that's what we could, you know, yeah. that's what we could do. We could just pre-record we right this. Um, well, so <laughs> we're basically providing listeners a chance to ask us questions, but we're, it's like Jeopardy. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is a fun thing also. This is a fun thing you can do ever. If you're ever doing like a quiz thing at all, ever. Mm-hmm. Like a quiz game I'm gonna or, take a I'm gonna take a green break. Go right. keep talking. So if you're ever like doing any type of a quiz game with like friends or you're fucking around and when if the, anything other than Jeopardy, it's really fun to answer the question as they're playing Jeopardy. Say, like, uh, what is Elvis? <laughs> Who's Elvis? It's like we're not playing Jeopardy. Yeah, well, you know, just in case like you you have such a good habit formed saying that that if you if you ever stop saying it, you'll fuck it up. Uh, honestly, you're a I think. Language guy. Honest, yes, I am. I, I, you know, it's weird, man. I've, I've been here twenty. This year, it's going to be twenty years. Really, twenty I've years. Lived when, in in L. A. From well, Vassar is out east, right? So Vassar well, until ninety. Austin. Three. No, it's in Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie. But it's an Ivy League school. It was one of the seven sisters, <laughs> which was like the female Ooh. Ivy League until, it, and then it went co ed in 69, and okay. then 
and it's um it's a cool it's a beautiful liberal arts right. you know rolling green hills mm-hmm. it, was, it was a great i had a great college experience even though it was not conventional but i joined the sketch comedy group on campus like within the first four months i i was definitely not I hadn't really taken to anything socially mm-hmm. when you first go to you know to college or university, yeah. you and you're find like something to be. I'm finding something and there's some 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 environment, some milieu, some support system and friends. And it, I ended up getting into this sketch comedy group, and most of the they it was like already two years going, so most of my friends were all two years older. Okay, and then I stayed until the first semester of my junior year, even though I had I, I started to do poor very poorly academically and they asked me to take a semester off Who, and then, yeah okay like like an act you know like like a you break need, you need to take a break you gotta go to europe and clear your head <laughs> you need to do okay. i just went to falls church virginia and lived with my mom for three months that's where you grew up virginia no i grew up in florida okay but by that time my mom had moved to falls VA. church va and uh anyway but i i got to my junior year I did. It was the first time you could take a film production class mm-hmm. with actual make oh, shorts, cool. yeah. and we had the, these Bolex cameras, which are the wind-up cameras from like World War Two, and yeah. you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and you had to make sure that you loaded it that's right. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. And you'd wind it up, and we'd go. You'd go around Poughkeepsie and the campus, and you'd make shorts and stuff. And so I wanted to just get to that. Mm-hmm. And so I did, and then, but my friends had graduated, and they had moved out to L.A. Okay. And I would talk to them like a couple times a week. You still in touch with these people at all? Yeah, yeah. All the the three main ones that stayed here, I know them all still to this Are day, and working? we're all friends. Yes, all of them in some part of the business. Got it. And they all, yeah, most of them, a couple of them have wives and kids, and, um, but. I ended, you know, they were like, you should just come out here. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't, we, I remember I would be in this little phone booth, pay phone booth in the, in the co-op. There was one co-op on campus that I had decided to live in like the last year and a half. You spent a lot of time in it, you mean? Or isn't it no, like I, a grocery well, store? The co-op was basically the, the, the dorm where it was a collective. So it was the kind of that, just that hippie thing of like, oh, okay. okay, we'll have our own little budget and we run it and we buy our own food and we had a kitchen Got and it. and clothing optional like a comedy house. <laughs> it was it, my it was first real comedy house, but just more like hippies and like the girls who would like walk down intellectuals and people who were also like, yeah, I just took a trip last year and for three months with the the Swami, whatever. You oh, know, okay. what I mean, like they were just <laughs> you know people who were searching. And um, anyway, I lived on the. Uh, Oh, now I lost my train You're of thought. You're in the co-op. You're calling your friends in L.A. Oh, I was in. So I'd be in this little booth and I'd be talking to them. And they'd just be like, just come out, man. Right. Like, like we have this room for you in this house by USC. Your rent will be 200 bucks. That's pretty cheap. And just come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. Every phone call. Come out. Come out. Come out. Come out. And I was and like. You were still in school. Yeah. And it was nearing the end of the, my first semester of my junior year. Mm-hmm. And then I just made the decision. And I was like, oh, now i got to call my mom. It was super fucking hard. Ah, uh, Josito. It was bad. It was tough. Oh, that was one of the hardest cool. kind of just trying yeah. to get them with me. Tell her you're going to drop me. out of school. Yeah, I was going right. to drop out. I'm going to go to Los Angeles all the way across the country and do comedy. Mm-hmm. 
and she didn't really get that at, at all. It doesn't at make first. sense. It doesn't make sense. It didn't, and and it's like they knew that I was like. I was interested in acting and that I had right. some talent was kind of theatrical and with some stuff and writing and words again, all that mm-hmm. stuff that just kind of starts to come together and you go, Oh, maybe this is where I could go in life. And then, but I, you know, but then they were like, okay. And they've been supportive. I mean, they've been supportive ever since it's not easy. It gets yeah. much harder in the last 10 years, even when I start working and they see, Oh, now that just now that, baseline you're working it still doesn't mean you don't get fucked with a million times yeah different ways and it's like real security i guess yeah and it's yeah and it's boom and bust and it's hard and they've Mm -hmm. been really lean years and but i came out here so i came out here and it was like 20 just before my 21st birthday damn and first show i did was with my sketch group was at the Belly Room. It was a first show I ever did was at the Belly Room too. It was a variety yeah. show run by this guy named Skip E. Period Low. Skip E. Low. Skip E. Low. And he was like, "Here's the here's the thing. Here's what else? Uh, ninety. This would have been like ninety three, ninety four. So there's still some cocaine lingering in there. There's still <laughs> some know, cocaine hanging the, out there. It did feel weird. I mean, the first time you go to the comedy store and you're like, you're this like, feels what weird. What the fuck is this? Yeah. I just like step into like the wrong dimensional puddle. Yeah, it's weird. It's a, so like, ma- with the pictures, it's like a mausoleum uh, to me. Also, all the black plastic and just the, the and then lighting. you know it was like an old mob club, so it's got all this weird juju around it mm-hmm. and just like rats. Guys were like shot in the back, you know. Yeah, there's like weird back stairways that you can't figure out how they right, work. right. But it was like, yeah, I came out, I came out here and then we would buy, we would buy the trade paper drama log at the newsstand and then you'd go to the back of the, the magazine and it would have classifieds looking for shows or variety nights. so crazy to me. You know, sketch nights. Because I, as long as I've been here, the internet has been like the king of everything and you have a cell phone. Right. Like it's so fun to think about Hollywood how it worked before cell phones, before internet. Because there was a thing where you would, you have to go, you have to have, you have, to have an answering machine. Right. And you call up to a, to a call service that tells you these things. <laughs> like you need to get, what are the directions? Right. How do I get there? You can't, it's like. It is the, a, it's a life skill. How do you skill. get there, man? I mean, that progressing with technology, <laughs> that is like a life skill that I think is so hard I know a lot of people take to it, but for the people that don't, and I kind of include myself right. in that, as you know, I I have a flip phone. Yeah, which is incredibly cool. Thank you. I mean, I know that it, it's certainly a good conversation starter or end, just, or ender. I suppose. Yeah, it's a conversation ender. Like, I can see some girl on Twitter. Met a great guy. Pulled out a flip phone. Uh, sorry. Hashtag sorry. see ya. Hashtag uh, DB. Hashtag deal B. Hashtag deal breaker. Hashtag dumb, dumb phone. Cute guy. Um, saw, Sorry, the, don't do dumb phones. <laughs> uh, pull the skateboard out. <laughs> How old are you? Twelve. 
All right, that's not, not we're not saying women, women are that superficial. Oh, really? Not at all. Huh? <laughs> oh my God, Johnny, uh, yes, laying it are. down. We are in a city of status. But this, they're just as superficial as men. We are, we are in a city of and status, this city and too. and Ooh. people judge. All genders this judge. Down, bro? Oh, this fucking town. And the two, the two guys from LA. Hey, hey, we're from Los Angeles. Yeah, fucking watch, mom. Blew up there doing pizza pies. From Uncle Juku, uh, going on down to Koreatown. Didn't used to be Koreatown. Used to be all the hot blonde chicks lived. Yeah. Fucking Mansfield, fucking oh, Philly. God, Jane Mansfield. I would. I remember. I. Growing up in Glassdale Park. Uh, Jane <laughs> the tits on that girl, those pokey bras. Oh, God. It was know. like Southern Californian Ooh, perfection. Baby. We moved out to Venice Beach. We were hot. We were hot ticket on that beach, bro. We had girls coming up to us from Jersey all over the fucking place. You get an authentic slice of barbecue ah. chicken pizza from CPK. That's the thing. CPK. Hey. We weren't that good at acting, but we had the forethought to buy a bunch of shares of this CPK shit. Now we're sitting on a gold mine here, Venice Beach. This is like LA guys. The <laughs> LA, LA guys. I'm just an LA guy, bro. I'm an LA guy. Yeah, you can take your snow and shove it up. Hey, you think hey. <laughs> We got fruit cuts on every corner, buddy, and we put hot spicy pepper on it. I get my LA baby. I get my apartment clean twice a week by a girl. Cost ten bucks. Beautiful Hispanic lady. I tell you what, she's a little older, but I wouldn't mind. You know. Hey, Los Angeles baby. You, you got this woman who's a fucking grandma. Who I'd take down to the bed. Okay, you don't see that back on home there. You know what that always makes me think you know, of? Fucking my grandma's back home. <laughs> <laughs> That's LA, baby. You can fuck hey! A, you fuck a grandma here. Watch what you're saying! <laughs> Have some respect. We're LA guys here. Sorry about that. Sorry. We're LA guys. LA, LA, LA. LA guys. Hey. Anytime I think about the uh, stereotype of the, the Latin Southland maid, right. I now think of the one that had the affair with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. Talk about a power grab. She fucking grabbed that dick and it Dude fucking... The governor of the state Now did you see this woman? I did not She is <laughs> <laughs> I really am going to the race thing today You should you know, Every subject you, you, you tell this Then I'll tell something that you said a long time ago That really was one of the first times I was like This Joe Wagner oh is a philosopher Now let's talk about no, but talk about this. Big thing. Latin butts for a while. <laughs> no, 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 not that. Not that. It's actually not that. All right. It's so, something well, you're doing on stage. So. The, the woman is, she is a BBW. Which means okay. big. Big, beautiful woman. Okay. Big, big BBW. BBWs for sure. Like, God. So wait, how she's big just big? this. Like, that is a thing. Let's, it, so we're, okay, our, our crummy. Are crummy. But our okay. thing was haunches. But she crumbs thing was the compact, with the solid. Legs. That was crumbs thing. Yeah, strong legs, but also just this this very robust, full, zoftig. Zoftig. But like I've never heard that word, Joe. Zoftig. <laughs> Can you spell it for me, please. Yeah, Z A F T I G. Oh, 
Say it again. Z A F T A F T I G T I G. Is that come from something? Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's like a synonym for like curvy. Uh, Ooh. Uh-huh, um, but th- that's what she looks like, Johnny. She's this like. I want to say she might be Guatemalan. Probably. She has because her features. I I know of some. Well, you features with are... Mexican and South American, Latin American because I'm half Colombian, yeah. so. And I watch a lot of Spanish television, and I have a little bit of an... I mean, you know... You speak Spanish? That's the thing. That's that's what usually pisses off races, when you just can't make out who right. they are. Because just anybody wants to think that... Oh, like, who wants to think that they're confusing to anyone? Right. Are you, you this? Be... Are you that? Whatever, you know? I'm other. Right. That's what I put down on... If I'm ever asked for my race on something... Or it's like other. Out. Right. Because I am other. Right. Just, yeah. I'm other. I'm... You other basically right. is you, uh, or white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? The apocalypse? Um, uh, white. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm white. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm this sorry, is what? you, Johnny, Johnny. You're filling it out, and then like you see the dirty bomb plume of smoke over downtown uh, LA. I'm white. Uh, I think I'll check white. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fucking migration form. <laughs> Like, just a special thing. Yeah, this is the Noah's Ark here. We got a... Oh, shit. We need uh, two more white guys here. Are you white, sir? Oh. And we see we see the flashback of every time in your life you've put other... Other. (laughs) With this smug self-righteous... Fuck these guys. (laughs) Fuck the guys in their racial profile. And then, like, back to you on the white. Oh, white. white. Yes. Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please. God. Oh, finish the story. thank God we're white and entitled enough to joke about being white and entitled exactly. enough. But are you white? That's the thing. I've always, I've always had, I've been, I've had a gray area about right. being white all my life because I know that I'm, so I'm half Colombian and half, my father was from Romania. He was born oh, in wow. Romania. That's interesting. You could be an American apparel model. Well, it is a mixed thing. It it's a mixed, different, it's, it's like a, a weird mix, thing. It's supposed to being like... I'm a little right. French, a little German, a little... Right, it's Count- not... It's okay. just two. It's two, and they're two very different... Away. ...ethnicities. Mestizo. So, so uh, but do, I look white, but I, if you're going to go by just the visual stan- societal standard right now, right. I look white. Yeah, you look white. I sound white. That's true. But say something in Spanish. You speak Spanish. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, it was fun doing the show here It was fun while it lasted um, Thanks everybody for contributing Thanks for listening I can't tell you how excited great. I was Knowing that I had that burp ready to go Right when you were saying Say something in Spanish, Spanish. <laughs> It was really fun while it lasted guys It was fun being on other people's podcasts What no one's uh, ever burped in the, on your podcast No just not when they said to speak Spanish <laughs> God no. this mic's Holy shit. I thought this was Mike's hard. It's Mike's Look hard. Look what it says. Mike's harder. How hard Whoa. is it? Whoa. How hard is it, Joe? Okay, I will tell you. Okay, 8% Ooh. alcohol by volume. Now, here's the thing. You you and I appreciate... ABV? Food and beverages. Uh-huh. I think at a certain level. Yeah. Not, are you a foodie? No, I would never say that. And I'm not either. I'm also definitely not a foodie, too, because I sometimes feel completely impatient with food and feel like... I've said this before as the truth, and someone laughed so loud that it made me think about talking about it in stand-up before I even ever did. Right. But it was not meant because to be Because it was funny. something that just stuck with you. Yeah. I said that 80% of the time, I find eating to be incredibly disappointing. 
Like every time I eat, just like, well, that was fun. That was great. That was a total waste of time and not very good and not right. what I expected. It doesn't taste that great. And it's going to make me feel bad later. So, great. That was great. I'm glad I had to do this three or four times a day. But let me ask you something. That never, but you never just got accustomed to that or it would just still I do. bother you from that well, more than you would want it to? I think maybe it was something, a product of me being like a young adult where I was like, had access to, like when I first moved out here, that happened a lot because, you know, you have like expectations of trying something new or you get excited about a certain type of food right. and it just is a, a total and utter fucking letdown and it was a waste of time, a waste of money mm. and it's probably going to make you shit a lot in my case. <laughs> it's going to make me shit a lot in a way I'm right. unaccustomed to shitting. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's an utter and total disappointment even though I did eat food and I did get sustenance and nourishment. You know what I think I've replaced? Because usually... I have ended up going out into expanding my food horizons mm-hmm. through women, like through relationships. Because I know that you do have some food horizons that are sometimes are they come in that black plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen many a meal come in that black plastic liquor store bag. The other day I was thinking, Johnny, about how I was walking with my – I have a fairly nice – a satchel computer bag. Right. But the other day I was walking, I was walking with it and I looked down and there was a, a, a plastic Seven Eleven bag that was like protruding, sh- shooting out of it. <laughs> Just discounted everything that, and I that was like, meant. and I was like, if there are, if I get to about three more bags that are fucking shooting out, <laughs> that's like, like a bag man. We've all seen that guy on the bus. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, why do you have 17 plastic bags in your computer bag? You're you're not crazy. I'm not crazy. That guy, a lot of times, that guy is not homeless. That's not a homeless person. No, it's an eccentric. It's just, oh, man. This is an eccentric. I want to talk about the bus and public transit for a minute here. I have to take a break. We'll take a quick break. We'll stop down. We'll come back. Yeah, baby. What's this called, Joe? What's the name of the song? This is Choose Me 2. By who? By Silent. X-I-L-E-N-T. Silent. You got a little birdie just now. Presentational cadence. Let's talk for a minute here. Let's go back to this um, Schwarzenegger thing. I want to hear... Schwarzenegger had sex with the maid. BBW. A big, full-figured... South American Just woman. South American, Central American. I'm, I think, I believe Guatemala. I would mm-hmm. check, I will check that. I'll check that and I will confirm that with that. any sensitive Latin person mm-hmm. that listens to Twisting <laughs> the Wind. <laughs> um, I will personally right. check it for you if you want so, me to and tell you specifically. Uh, but, you know, it's that thing where like, you look at her and you go, why wouldn't Arnold Schwarzenegger like have sex with the 26 year old blonde starlet that right. he could, if he wanted to, right. he could, I mean, there's so much disgusting underground sex stuff in this oh, business. Yeah. It's pre- people have no idea. Like there are the agents have like sex parties and mm-hmm. stuff. It's weird. It's, yeah. There's, there's floating tapes and shit. Of everybody. I feel like I've been immune to that somehow. I've never 
even come close to seeing something there's a like dark that. there's a dark underbelly but that's the, what I'm saying is so Arnold Schwarzenegger but it's about that's because ultimately that's what lust is about it's about convenience and it's about yeah you know she was there she, she was, was there. there I bet you learned to like her a lot an affair is about two things convenience and sex that's all it's about so it's basically she was there and if you saw this woman there is sex coming off her okay i mean this is again usually because i think if you if you have a little bit of an understanding of how where you are in society and your position in society this woman is a maid this woman is a an uh you know underpaid uh laborer Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think when you understand a little bit of the struggle, this is what we're talking about is soul, basically. Soul. Soul. Right. If you understand a little bit of the struggle, that gives you soul. Oh, if you have soul, gives you soul. If you have soul, then... You're attractive. When you're going to fuck, you're going to fuck with soul. And then that's what a guy like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he picks up. Because he's like, I would just, yes. I want some soul. Does Maria Shriver fuck with soul? No, I'm not going to say she's a bad lay. That would be a, a, an insanely you offensive thing. <laughs> I mean, with neither one of us is going to be so insensitive. <laughs> neither one of us. As to cast aspersions on the sexual prowess of a waspy skeletal. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what, Johnny? It's fascinating. She, Maria Shriver is the opposite physically. Of totally. this woman. Skinny, tall, long Skinny, hair. tall, Skeletal. bony. And then this woman is like 10 Gauguin paintings <laughs> shoved together. She's just this oh my God. ripe. You make her sound like just this. This ripe, burgeoning. It's just this curves, these mounds of brown flesh. <laughs> and Schwarzenegger went. He wanted it. He wanted it, I, man. He was, he was not immune to the prowess and charms of the Latina. Of the hot-blooded woman. The Latina. Well, so since you're a Latino to some extent... Yes. Do you feel like you're immune to the, to the Latina? Uh, that I have less of a, of, a, of a possible... Like a fascination like the other? Yeah, because you know that always seems to be the case. You always see like... Yeah. Jewish guys love... Love a love a blonde with big tits. Right, and, uh, right, right. It's like well, that was just a nice stereotype I'm, right there, but it's well, no, I mean true. there are. It's funny because look, you you tend to as you as you grow and you go through life, you tend to. I think a pitfall is to think like, okay, the general perceptions or the perspectives of my group is the dominant one, <laughs> right? you know, and then slowly and surely you realize, oh, no, it, you know, it's kind of more of this exception to the rule. Right. Like, I've never been around guys that have ever been so particularly, uh, so superficially driven that they're like, she's got to look like this, right. you know? Right, she's got to fit in that. It's thing. just always been like, hey, you, beauty comes in for many shapes and sizes mm-hmm. and forms and, just being open, especially when you're around creative people. I, I, I hope, and my, my feeling has been generally that I'm usually around more open people. Mm-hmm. And well, I think that's find. good for I your life. Los Angeles is a lot like any college where right. 
if the weirdos and interesting people tend to stick out among the frat guys. Right. And sort of the real status quo hoi polloi. Right, right. I think Los Angeles is the perfect example. It's like a gigantic version of a big state school in the South. Yeah, De- definitely. Yeah. And you get to be... It's easy to find. If you want to be a part of the the opposite funhouse mirror, you really can be. Yeah, you like, absolutely can be. It, it's great. I mean, you look at you. I mean, dude... I'm I this is now I can put it on tape here okay. like look how what you have done since I've known you when did we meet maybe 2000 oh, probably 2000 mid 2000s okay yeah so I was going to say when 5 or 6 or comedy, something I mean I don't know if we met at the M bar back when Death Ray was there or if we met at UCB when it first opened right. definitely at the Big so, Fish which is sort of around the same time right right um Probably tomorrow shows or tomorrow on. show definitely tomorrow show yeah which is a classic show that has been run or by tomorrow Ron if Ron now listens tomorrow. to this he'll say yeah. tomorrow it's, it's tomorrow. tomorrow that's Ron Lynch Brendan Small and Craig, Craig Anton. Anton a very hilarious trio but yeah and dude look I mean I remember seeing you yeah seeing you at shows and doing stand up and now you're you know a working now actor and <laughs> television host dude television host right did you know did you, you, do you remember that I um, I contributed a couple things to, to Mega that Drive. to Mega yeah. Drive through Rob, and I yeah. was like so excited to do it. Yeah, that was and, fun, man. And uh, yeah, that I watched a, a couple of those. Those were great, dude. You were really, show. really funny. I'm trying to do something again like that, but it's with less MTV and more. Right. You know. Well, more, you're vi- look. Journalism. You're really talented, and you've worked really hard, and I think it's great. Like. It is worth it when you get to a point where you realize like. You've been able to do some stuff and not feel completely, totally fucked over. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> completely and totally fucked over. I mean, you that know what I mean. That, that there's always here, a little bit of every job that you could look back on and go, okay, that in some way got me to the next one. Yeah, it's definitely like a building process. I get super frustrated and really impatient, which I remember emailing with you once because I was doing a lot of shows at the Big Fish, right? which is not a great comedy environment. For, for some reason, I really liked it and found like a, right. I don't know. I found like... I well, because it was open. It was... Yeah. It was, it was okay to fucking be crazy right. and weird and scream and right. okay to fail, which in a way was like, for me, it was like a prescription to not fail. Right. I don't know why. Maybe it's like the thing when you... Do, Let's say to the, yeah. to the listeners, the Big Fish was a comedy stand-up show at a. It was called the Big Fish Show at a bar called Big Fish, right? Uh, which was this dive bar, a true, genuine dive bar, locals only, with old, yeah, old drunky locals and characters, and it was by a rail. It's by a uh, the railroad tracks mm-hmm. that are just over uh, by kind of like the five East Los Angeles over Saint on that Glendale. side, Glendale, yeah, and. Um, and it's it's a great play, and in fact, they did that um, that one TV American right, this, this American, American Life. Life. There's an episode in there, right? Um, also, which is funny that that um, are you in that? I'm in it, right? I'm in it right. prominently. I'm even doing like a really funny joke that I stopped right. doing, like a fucking right. joke that was. I killing. remembered watching it, but I think I just saw it once at the <laughs> Ramada. I think they played it at the Ramada well, they did? one time, and yeah, I saw it was a similar sort of. Crew. But remember, I thought it was pretty. I thought overall it was pretty good. I think it was really good. I think it was great. I did think it was weird that they were using me as the example of someone still trying to figure out their act. 
But that was the joke I the was doing. The angle was a little, was a little blunt at times it was, because it had to. They, it did feel like they were trying to fit it into yeah. a certain showbiz story. But that's their whole thing. They have to shoehorn right. their stories into like. So right. why does this come back to our theme of right. uh, of malcontent inside the adult male <laughs> of jo- of Johnny Pemberton <laughs> trying to well, figure out his voice? That way, Act Six. My penis is at a dressing room. I'm, I'm at Forever 21. I don't know why, but we're here. We're we're queer. We're ready to rumble. Sarah Val investigates a gay football team in Alhambra that we're here. We're, we're loves. ready to rumble. Everybody loves them, but it's a gay hating town. We're here and we're queer. We're does anyone do? One. Does anyone do? Does anyone do a a, a full American li- this American a life full parody? American life? Um, well, like uh, there must be video. I'm sure there really is on YouTube. I think some SNL stuff. What was some of the stuff you were watching comedically on TV or movies or whatever you were seeing stand up wise before you came to LA? What's the thing? I saw hardly any, so I didn't know. Interesting. When I, when I first went to the M Bar. For comedy death ray, like the second week, second or third week I lived here. Okay. I saw Howard Kramer. Right. I saw Chip Pope, and I saw Jerry Minor all doing things that I'm like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. These people aren't famous. Like, what's going on here? These right. people are like, Chip Pope was reading from a fucking newspaper, making up jokes as he was hosting. Right. Uh, Jerry was doing some character. I can't even remember, but I was just like, this is too funny. And he kept beating it over the fucking head, like doing it over and over again, right, like right, the kind of right, thing. Right. And he just kept saying the same thing over and over again, like this is fucking disgustingly hilarious. And then seeing Kramer do something where I almost passed out laughing, I'm like, right. and I couldn't believe that these things were something I'd never seen before because they're so good. How can you not have seen this? It's so good. Right. And and so I guess maybe it was the fact that was when I first moved here, I was exposed to comedy that was like so interesting and alternative and really good. That was great timing, yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. Pretty good timing. That was the third... Remember how I was saying... So Uncabaret was the beginning. Right. Largo was when it was on, bar, right? on Fairfax. What's that? Was it Uncabaret at bar or no? No. Uncabaret was at a club called Luna Park okay. on Robertson, just off of Santa Monica, right in WeHo. It. And it was a cool... It was a cool bar restaurant right. with this... You would go downstairs to this low ceiling to okay. truly cabaret style nice. feeling room and i saw Patton's first time oh, driving cool. down from san francisco to go do on cabaret awesome. um i mean you know i saw Andy dick and that's where i saw bob odenkirk and janine garofalo and dana gould and in fact there's this amazing comedian she passed away she had uh i think Melanoma. She passed away in like early, I think 2002 maybe. Her name was Judy Tull. And she was just in the entertainment news because Ryan Seacrest's production company was able to sell to NBC a show that this woman, this comedian, sold like 10 years ago. And they shot it. Oh, my God. That's cool. And with Nicole Sullivan from Mad TV. But they didn't pick it up. She passed away um, tragically, and then and that was it. Mm-hmm. They revived it with the same producers, and they got approval of her family. Everyone was like, "Yeah, just, just do it, it again. It. Try Make again." It. Like it's a real tribute to her. That's cool. Yeah, and like ten years later, and like um, anyway, that on Cabaret show was amazing. Mm-hmm. Then Largo, 
and then really Mbar. Right. Like that was the next one. That was like that third one that you know, Scott coming off of like the Mr. Show experience right. and I remember Scott actually what I've always loved about Scott in building that whole comedy death ray and everything now with Earwolf is that he I remember him for a, a good amount of time like going to open mics. Really? And going to other shows and like just trying to get a feeling of stand up before he started M Bar. Oh wow. Um with BJ Porter. Like, like he would go to Bruco uh, and he would go Bruco. up and No longer. Yeah. Rip. Yeah. But uh um yeah, those Embar shows. Mm. I mean, it's pretty incredible. There were amazing shows. Aaron and I hosted one night where I'm Louis, sure I was there, man. Where Louis C.K. went up. I was, was probably on the definitely bill. there. Was he doing a material about his dad raping him? I don't know. I I just remember that it was uh, you know it was that very that it was that hard family stuff like mm -hmm. talking about his daughters or something. And yeah. I said, I, when we introduced him, I think I made some riff off him about his daughters. Uh, who would appear on Eliminate 2017 because <laughs> Eliminate was right. a reality dating show at the time. I was like, let me see Kay's daughters are going to be so fucked up. They'll be on Eliminate 2017. And I think he wrote, um, somebody wrote up a recap of it, you know, a special uh, thing, a special thing back in the day would write up those recaps. And then Louie wrote a post off of it where he like, he just kind of name checked me and Aaron for like, I think he said something in the show of like that was funny. Oh, like, funny! Just that one thing, yeah. that one moment where you're like, oh, the nerds man. went wild. It was on like the, on the thread, but I went wild. Like I was just like, because I never, I never, never truly got to. F in my own mind, I never thought I did enough to earn like the true comedian moniker, like stand up, right? title well because you don't do a ton of stand-up no and i did i just did it out here in la i've right. never done it on the road i never truly pursued it as my one entertainment goal like i only did it started doing it because the sketch group i had been in for like five years mm -hmm. basically started to dissolve and right. somebody was like you know you are a natural performer you should be on stage in some way and so i started going to like open mics but it was so good what I was seeing that I was so intimidated. I oh, had no man. idea what I would say as a stand. I was like, yeah. what, what, what would I say? Why would you listen to it? I do, you know, I, I, I do funny parts and sketches. I'll do a voice or whatever. And so I just went to open mics for like maybe six or seven months just cool. watching. And, and you got to hit that deep, deep night or what I used to say a Joe Wagner deep set a Joe Wagner deep drop something like that <laughs> deep cut getting deep with with wags well I loved going up at any time like after 11 like there were open mics that would go right. late and I liked it starts to get kind of weird and, like, yeah a little goes. weird a little looser a little uh, and it would just calm up. my nerves actually yeah. um because I, there I, were some open mics at the time around mm -hmm. that just the beginning of the alternative scene and everything where there were there were big coffee houses that '90s coffee house scene where yeah. there there could be sixty people in a coffee house, right? You know, or fifty people in a coffee house, and it would feel like a show, a comedy club. Yeah, and, yeah. I've done some of those shows, and they felt they feel amazing because you right. know, you can kind of say stuff you wouldn't normally say, right? Because you're not you don't have to sustain any type of momentum for a show because there's not a drink minimum. There's not like right. Well, that's your stand up is a very 
It's almost like a lecture. It's like a relaxed. It's settled into that. I when I saw you once, that it's, was very it's memorable. It's been a while. This is the thing I was going to talk about: this race thing. So this was back when Imus said that thing. Don Imus. Oh right! Said, what did he uh, say? He he called some girls some nappy-headed hoes. Right, nappy-headed hoes. Um, right. You know, was it XM or some sort of? Right. Yeah, on his was, radio show. He yeah. was commenting on a woman's basketball. Team. Right. And yeah, that was a big deal. It was a big racist thing. It was like a, it was like a, a latter day latter day no yesteryear Paula Dean controversy. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. White man Correct. calling something black. A word that is used a lot right. in the African American community. Not beheaded hoes. Being used right. by a white man. Right. And it's all, you know, everyone puts their fucking two cents on that shit all the goddamn right. time. Right. And you hear everyone, well, I think this. Well, I think that. Well, this is bad. I can't believe you said that. And you went up and were talking about it, how, like, and you said it in the most succinct, perfect <laughs> manner. I couldn't I fucking believe it. I can't believe I did something topical. It's I feel topical. like I've been through so many phases in stand up, right. different styles. That I get, I like to me. So for you to remember this, right. it's like I'm, I'm like, wow, I can't well, even. It was, it it's like it's so thinking, blurry to me. It's like systems analyst thinking as opposed to. Uh, the, I saw a therapist for a long time who was not like a traditional therapist. He was like incredibly brilliant, philosophical mind. Right? Okay. Read the classics through and through. Right. Can quote stuff like he's talking about an episode of Friends. Sure, sure. But he came from a uh, a. A viewpoint of spiral, he calls it spiral dynamics, which is has to do with how you relate to the world is increasing stakes and viewpoint. So there's like tribe, right. and there's career. Uh, I'm messing this up right now just because I can't remember exactly. But it is a, it's so kind of broken it's, down. And basically. it's further each each step is further zoomed out. Right. Capital, and then it becomes right. universal. And there's and way above that is systems analysis, which is like it's like you're looking at everything. The big picture. Yeah, you're seeing. Both sides of the same right. coin. Right. Where you just you're so zoomed out. It's like if you watch Tig do comedy, Tig right. is very zoomed out. Yes. She's super far away. Yes. She's seeing yes. everything, and it's right. all ridiculous because she's right. the god in the sky. And it ultimately ends up making it seem like she has such a full perspective that the audience trusts her because right. they think she's seeing something they can't quite see. But they trust that she's seeing it. And she sees it and then she shows it to them. Yeah, and she shows it to them. Because exactly. most people are so fucking myopic right. that they have to have like their viewpoint right. and like where right. they come from. Right. And that was a particular particularly myopic story of people like focusing in on the color of the person, what they said. Right. And what you said was you said, um, guys, guys, it's just a white guy who wanted to sound like he's Chris Rock. <laughs> And I was like, that's so fucking true. <laughs> Don Imus just trying to sound cool, man. He's yeah. trying to sound as badass as the most fucking badass comedian on the, in the world at that time was Chris Rock. Chris Rock's right. a badass. He's just like so fucking funny. Right. And he's so like sharp and so witty and he can just throw stuff down and it explodes. Right. Don Imus is not that way. <laughs> but he wanted to sound like Chris Rock. So he said something kind of, right. you know, so what Chris Rock would say. I'm like, that's such a fucking perfect encapsulation of that whole thing. Do you know you know you know what's funny? I was thinking about you bringing that up. I was thinking, yeah, a lot of times because I instantly thought about the first time I was a kid growing up with rap and hip hop. Right. Like I was not in that first phase of like the real early stuff coming out of New York. Mm -hmm. um, I I was a guy who like for me rap came into my life when it truly 
hit the mainstream with like Young MC. Oh yeah, and you know That's like LL Cool J and that that stuff, right? And like so, but then I started to go, okay, oh Big Daddy Kane, and you know you start yeah, to explore stuff shit. and right, and and I would listen to, like my friend who was like, oh you got KRS One, it's different man, and what he's talking about, all that stuff, and um. Uh, oh God, I keep losing my train of thought every time. We're talking time. about, uh, well, <laughs> just about Don Imus and how he said Oh, yeah. when you, so growing up with that, growing up with, with that hip hop, that early hip hop and in high school and thinking that that was cool. And then like the first couple times we even tried to use some slang. Right. Because it just sounded cool. And it's in your zeitgeist. It's in your brain, right. man. It's music. Right. And these it's, guys were tough. And they were tough. badass. And, and they were. Sounds... They seemed like they knew something. Well, they're poets. Right. It's poetry. Cause you're, yeah, there was something you're using words. words. They sound right. cool. There's like a right. There's a rhythm to it. Right. It's like, and so it became, you know, you could see like it became more about the words than like intense. Now, as you grow older and more mature, you have to understand the sensitivities, obviously, around right. so many words. I was remembering the other day, I did a bit, I, I did, um, you know, Tom Sharp has been in town yeah. working on that Brody Hilarious. thing. And, He's going to be on the podcast soon. Yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been trying to get him on, but Tom was one of those first guys that I would see in going to open mics that I was like, He's so funny. Oh, you can do anything you want. I don't have to just tell jokes. Yeah. I can did, come up with ideas. You do a character the whole time and just right. talk about one thing. His conceptual stuff from the beginning that I would see yeah. blew my mind. He would do stuff with tape recorders. He would do stuff with videos that he had made, creating some kind of weird yeah, time man. loop. I mean, all kinds of interesting things. Um, but, uh, oh, God, I, now I have to, I you're really talking, have to write you're some about things down. a bit you did or something. Oh, well, it was, oh, he's been doing Joke Machine. Right, that's his show. He he tried bringing it back that game I this game once. show it was yeah, fun. and I did it and I I had to do it was a nerd melt it wasn't a big audience but I had to do a you had to do a character right and I wanted I thought it was just funny to me the this like like uh like gang banger you know leader dude asking for flan. <laughs> Asking for flan, right? but using the N-word. Really? What do you mean? Like, instead of the word flan? No, like, basically asking, like, a henchman or underling, where's my flan N-word? <laughs> Just say it. Do the character. Podcast is already the last podcast. I know, but you know what? The <laughs> <laughs> we got all the way to the N-word. No, but you know what? I won't say because... There was something about I was able to do it because it was a performance environment at right. that time. It was this game was, show. It was like a comedy game the stage. show. You can, the stage is secure. And yet I still think back to it because it's the most recent time where I've said something. I've said something that somebody, I mean, especially now, who knows if somebody had recorded that, blogged about it, like, you right. know, and been upset. Well, I also say who gives a shit. Well, true, but I'm just saying something Louis where says nigger all the something time. where I would have who Louis C.K. does he really? He says it with grace, but in talking about in what kind of context is bit? Well, and he's he has uh, one bit where he talks about he's talking about the word itself, how how it's used and how 
Right. When we say N-word, you're just saying nigger in your head. And you're right. basically making the other person say nigger for you. You're basically pimping <laughs> Oh, that's right, right, yeah. right. Which and is it, what happened here because I did not say it. Not, right. But the interesting thing is I think I'm of the generation because of hip-hop where I remember my first observation about it was, oh, if you take the ER and make it an A, it's it's the ER yeah. that's the problem. That's, yeah, that's, that's definitely a school of thought. Right. I will... I will Right. To that. Right. Yeah. Oh, that remi- that reminds me. That's what. That's what I was. Uh, that's what I was gonna remember. The, the whole Imus thing when you said this is a guy just trying to be like Chris Rock, um, and when you tried black slang, whatever it was, the hip slang. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I saw a sketch on SNL. The two classic characters, the uh, uh, um. Two uh, were two wild and crazy guys. Crazy guys. Uh, Phil Harp. Uh, no, uh, it was um, Steve, Martin. Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah. And I used to um, like even before I fucking record something in VCR, I would I would listen to talk radio a lot mm-hmm. late at night. And there was a syndicated comedy show where they would play clips oh, so from cool. like TV shows and movies right. and d- drop-ins would be like a line from uh, Airplane or something. Mm-hmm. But they would play played this. SNL sketch and I had recorded it and I would listen to it all the time and one of my funniest the times I would laugh the most was when Steve Martin to Garrett Morris would say slap my hand black soul man <laughs> like because it was just showing how like you come to this country or you're trying to get an identity you go to what's cool and it's cool like black. that it's going to be a particular i mean this is a fucking this has nothing to do with race it's a linguistic thing you're going to go to whatever this social popular patois of the time is right and so that might include the words nappy and headed and ho mm-hmm. but i mean now here's the thing i miss I think from what, everything Howard Stern has said over the years, he probably is kind of racist. Yeah, he's also probably not that smart either. Probably not that smart, not that ra- yeah, and a yeah. little racist. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just one of those things where anytime that comes up, you have to be able to, at the very least, you have to have an understanding of the person, the words, and the context. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those three things have to come together. Yeah, it's not just the word. Yeah, oh, it can never so, be just the word. That's there's a great interview with with Matt Lauer and Paula Dean, and it is the most serious interview right. you have ever seen. Right, Matt Lauer has got the fucking thumb screws, man, and he is tightening them. <laughs> and Matt right, Lauer right. says n word at least <laughs> seventy times in this interview. He's Matt saying Lauer, he's, he's saying, saying it. Like, did you or did you not use that word, Paula? <laughs> did you did you use the N word, Paula? Look, did you ever? I'm like just like he's dropping N bombs left and right here, fucking from his beautiful white, perfectly shaved ivory tower dick. What if like every time it come back to him, like like I won't, like his tie, the word nigger is on it. He's wearing like a trucker's head. That says, did you say this nigger. word? He keeps making you say it. He keeps saying it without saying it. It's in like lights behind him. Like flashing. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. But I am implying it. I mean, it's, it's just. It's everywhere. Did you say the word? It's, did you speak upon the altar of this word? He lifts up his lip and it's tattooed. <laughs> that fucking guy, man. 
I mean, it's not like Paula Dean. I don't absolve Paula Dean by any, any extent, but there's something about what, the way he's talking and people have his ilk talk that is, to me, as racist as it gets. Well, that, TV... That sort of thing, that fucking, like, uber, right. uber um, middle-of-the-road, liberal, thing, apologist, like, very... Very uh, kid gloves with anything that has anything to do with race. To me, it just feels more racist. Well, than... because it becomes an avoid. It's an avoidance of honesty. It's like honesty. segregation. It's, it's an avoidance like of honesty to to favor con- again convenience. Well, it's what's the like, what's the old thing where you're saying uh, not a convenient argument. It's like um, you know when you attacks you, you take the moral high ground. It's like right. a very convenient moral high ground. Right, because it's a it's an e it's an opinion that's all it's all there it's all ready for you to, to right it's been prescribed right the instructions right, are there right how pre packaged open it up add water you and you put your, hear your on your Prius right and get mad whenever anyone says the n word but listen to Tribe Called Quest and listen to fucking Gray <laughs> like all the time how much. <laughs> Um, this is very. This is interesting that we can bring up now because right. you and I. I remember a bonding moment over the Obama candidacy. That's right. Because we both had, <laughs> we both had a truly shared obsession with the expression. There was an expression in Los Angeles in the Latino community supporting Obama. Right. Si se puede, which is taken from. Uh, Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez, okay. The, the workers' movement. And it was Si Se Puede, which means yes, we can. And it played into the whole the hope campaign of Obama right. at the time. And 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 Johnny and I would, would yell it out to each other at different shows. <laughs> and, and Si Se Puede. Si Se Puede. Because it's just such a great positive affirmation. Right. Yes, we yes, can. We can. Mm-hmm. Right? But um, where were we? Uh, I don't know. You were just saying... About this. Oh, it was something about Obama. Right. We so you and I bonded over that time, Obama's first campaign. Right. So here we are, second term, mm-hmm. and we are talking on at the brink of a potential strike on Syria. Right. So we can check in politically. So how do you feel about the guy i mean uh, i've complicated this is a t- it's a tough one because i mean back then i was i was ridiculing that statement i think it was right i mean i was oh you were in, i kind of was <laughs> you were you were too it comes out you were too, finally though. years later no, you were too we we're both making fun of it because we we're like we were taking it i believed it every time well, it's both. Can it be both? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It can be a thing where, like, it's no, of course, say, of course, it has meaning, of course. but it's also a thing where I just ridiculous. got into the positive affirmation part of it with right. you as like now, now you and I use it about it's anything, joke. right? Well, si se puede, like si se puede, si se puede, like it, it can happen. I almost think of it as like, to me, it's like it can happen. It can happen, or it's I like to use it as like this generic gloss over, like it is what it is. It is what like it generic, is, right? Right. College educated. Oh, right. Oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, we can. It's TV. It's like, well, I'm trying to watch TV. Yes, we, yes, we can. Right. Yes, we can. I'm not gonna think too much about what this guy's saying because he, I don't know. You just think, yeah, it's like a way to just keep going. It's a catch-all. Right. See, mm-hmm. simple. <laughs> but now we can reevaluate him, I guess, from this point. Yeah, I. Uh, I've always thought that he was a person who I would love to meet. 
Yes, personally, right, right. Personally, I, find I think him you would get along. Deeply magnetic. Right. Like, as far as presidents go, I think he's up there with George W. in terms of his magnetism. Right. Well, well, well more so than George W. But George right. W., total asshole, shithead, magnetic person, though. Right. Even the, and even Yeah, Like, of if course. you hated George Bush, you know what I would love to see? I would kill. I would fucking pay money to see a video of a person who hates Bush and Bush... Like meeting him and just really fucking getting along, <laughs> like really like I had you on there. You right. drinking that? How oh, I love that kind of bit. Just like really breaking someone down to realize, you know, I hate you. I hate everything to do with. But I've always thought that about how you know how you see the animal videos of like a, a cat with a gorilla or, right. or whatever, a dog and a cat, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, you'd think they'd be mortal enemies, and they're running around playing. Yeah, what if you just did that with like? <laughs> With like, like a, a hardcore Republican, racist, and like, exactly. like rolling around, playing in a case, yard. Though. I think because I think mo- almost everyone is that same way. Whether actually they can say what they want and be super dogmatic about something that's controversial or polarizing, right. but when it comes down to it, you're going to be polite to someone who is polite to you, right? Even though you disagree with them completely, and chances are you might get along better with that person than someone of the same mind because it's that opposite sort of thing you know well it's funny in peacetime there's no bullets flying and there's plenty of food to eat your disagreements with someone can't ever be that great as long as you're both been right if you've eaten you've slept in a place that has shelter from the elements like there's not all that bad of shit that can happen so well this is the basic this is the baseline of any civilized society right if you can make people feel comfortable enough that they are eating, they are clothed, they yeah. are sheltered, and they can go do something fun somewhere. Right. They have some sort of downtime. Right. Not slaves. Right. Then, Doesn't want you know, there. you can, there's always the potential for everyone getting along. Exactly. Like, that's how we will all get along. Well, and technically, we are, are right now in the most, well, I don't know if this may be serious to tip this off, but... I think in terms of history, this is as peaceful as the earth has ever been. Right. We're in a a time of such relative peace that it's unimaginable. And so to to the fact that we know so much about all these um, skirmishes in North Africa and all these things going on on the earth that are terrible and people dying, but we know about it and we're able to like react to it. Right. Still, it's tiny. It's like a blip. Right. Like even 20 years ago, you wouldn't even know about half that stuff. Wouldn't even know it's existing. Right. And even further ago, further along ago, you wouldn't. Like the Vietnam War is the first televised war, mm-hmm. and even well, that was a pretty catastrophic war. But in terms of wars in general, it's not a super catastrophic war. I remember seeing the first clips of the Vietnam War when I would watch the Wonder Years after school. Me too. <laughs> oh man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Wonder Years. That was the. Yeah. There's something happening here. I what love it is. that show. Yeah, it was a great show. I auditioned for him one time. He got into TV directing, he right? He did. I think he's probably a great TV director. I've never worked with him, but he's, uh, he's good because he's really fucking aggressive. I think that's a lot of times the worst directors are the ones who aren't very really aggressive. I had a conversation with a mutual comic friend um, who was pointing out this is someone who's had a lot of experience in um in daytime television and and um tv serial kind of you know everyday kind of stuff and she was saying there has to be an asshole oh definitely they're always they're always and if there isn't 
it will be to the detriment of the show. I agree completely. That thing, I wish more people would fucking say that. Because I, I can't, people always like, he's so mean. Like, is he mean or does he just really like what he's working on right now and want it <laughs> right. to be good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there needs to be more meanness. There's not enough people who are, who will, um, really, yeah. Like, I worked on some, this, like, TV movie kind of thing, and the, and the director was making us do takes, like, sometimes 20 times, and we were constantly shooting long, going into golden time. Right. Everyone was getting super pissed off. Mm-hmm. And I just come up, I just finished Mega Drive, so to me, like, this is cake. Right. Uh, the, the bathroom is indoors. I don't give a shit about anything we do. I'm acting right now. I'm not, right. like, I'm not actually reacting to what I think might be my death in a fucking Northern California frozen lake. So right, there's a script. Yeah, I don't You're give a fine. shit. Right, but people were like, "Oh, we're going long, we're going long. It's taking so much time." But he was just, dog. He was just so steadfast. We have to get these shots. We have to do it this way. It has to be right. And I mean, he wasn't an asshole about it, but he was very determined and hard nosed. And that was what was great because of that, you know. Right, it's true. It's you gotta be a dick. <sighs> That's what I kind of think. I think I could live well in a dictatorial society. I wouldn't mind it so much. I, I, you know, you know, Johnny. I have thought that too. Where There's I'm like, who's saying that these days? I would appreciate. I think about it in this context, where I go, I don't want 17 options in no. the supermarket. I don't want that. I, I'm not a materialistic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, when I want, I love supermarkets. Yeah, it's just a hangout after two a.m. They're fun, but there are times when I've walked through a supermarket and I've been like, "It doesn't have to be like this," and just because it is, people accept it. But there mm. doesn't have to be so much of everything. Yeah, there doesn't. I wouldn't mind if there were literally six breakfast foods <laughs> approved by the government. Yeah, that are distributed in a national cafeteria style system Ooh. at at meal places it would be pretty, pretty in the fun. city that's mm-hmm. i mean i don't care if it gets to the weird grays the gray tone like the, <laughs> the like the weird suits of neo-futuristic like you know movies and stuff right. like i'm I, that kind of stuff i'm actually okay with yeah i could take a little austerity i think that's yes why that's I like exactly so much, um, it that's I like exactly so much, uh, apocalypse stuff is that and part of me I know is deeply craving austerity. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Just let's fucking simplify some of this, man. All the best restaurants have the smallest menus. Tapas. <laughs> Tapas. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me. That was one. my Ricky Gervais app. <laughs> I do have one question here for you. Um, We've reached the one question. question. I'm going to try to close it off here pretty soon. Uh, but I want to ask you before we go, Joe, do you like chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> you totally got me, dude. Do you remember that? I did, did you not. Remember that? I did. I'll tell the story here. So Joe Wagner and I were in the same place <laughs> at a comedy show. And it was a big old event. Lots of people there. And Joe, in the, the dark silence, leans over to me <laughs> and asks me very, very earnestly, do it. Ask me right now. Do you like chocolate? <laughs> well, it was more it was heavier. It was more like, do you like chocolate? <laughs> Let me see. Okay. I'm going to really try to be standing there. Okay. Do you like chocolate? <laughs> so too high. Too high, Joe. Okay. Come on. Use your voice. You've got it. 
Laura Register. We're in a show. Do you like chocolate? It's closer? Do you like chocolate? Do you like chocolate? <laughs> I think, okay, you're right. Yeah. Do you like chocolate? Yes, because it's like... It was very I said it in a way where I needed to know... If I, I needed to know that about you. Steaks. Do you like chocolate? Why did you ask me that? I don't know. I, I just, don't know. I, I just couldn't stop I might have... I think I was eating chocolate. You weren't. Maybe oh, my you had God. Been, maybe you had been immediately before that or afterwards. I think I might have uh, uh, bought a Snickers... You said it to me in a way where it's like... Do you like chocolate? Do you think that this person's funny? <laughs> Do you like chocolate? Do you like... Do you like chocolate? Do you like chocolate? Because if you do, <laughs> there's evidently a, a genetic phenotype that would tell you that you may be prone to, to murder. I, I do too. You like chocolate, Joe. Do you do you like it? I do like chocolate quite a bit. Um, I don't know if I like it as much as someone who really likes it, but I like it. Uh, I want to close off here. You're looking at your computer, Joe. I'm checking my email. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> during your podcast. How dare you? Close that fucker up. I'm actually... Let's tie this bitch up. No, let's see if there's anything that gets can be thrown in. But you were going to tell me about a story about children, and then I was going to maybe see if you had a story about public transportation. Oh, great. Another dude wants to be my friend on Facebook. Great. Great. Don't use that shit. It's bad for your brain. You're right. Oh, you know what? I'll say that about this. I think I'm not, I'm not there yet. And you know that I... You know that I have obviously jumped feet first into all of social networking in oh, the yeah. sense of it as a as a to me and still in my mind a cleaner simpler lifestyle it's a playground more manageable mm -hmm. more open to fantasy uh literally not as loud or crowded mm -hmm. as a bar right. like i never got into going out like that i just didn't like, I didn't do that in L.A. growing up or like becoming a social person. I mean, I can't, like I said, I came here when I was 20. I had to learn how to go to parties even then. Like right. I didn't really go to a lot of stuff in college. And like so once I joined Facebook, it really I, I, I really took to it in that way. But, I, you know, I didn't do Friendster. I didn't do MySpace. And I didn't do Facebook for like the first oh, okay. however That's many right, years. Like I, I came to that. it very late. That's true. You did. And the very first thing I started doing on Facebook was I had gotten into that particular, that year, the season of Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. And I was writing posts on each episode. Mm -hmm. So kind of like live posting while I was watching it. And Danforth France was like, you should, you should get on Twitter. Like you should do what you're doing there. And yeah. you just do it on Twitter. And I was like, okay. All right. Eventually I was like, I mean, it's cut, took a couple months, but I was right. like, okay. And now, you know, I, I love you writing tweets. I just love doing it. That's my, that's my most consistent, regular for me, fun use of my mind let's, is let's tell him your Twitter handle, write it out. Um, it's at brother wags, B R O T H E R W A G S brother wags who 
spawn the phenomenon, 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 wags after dark. Wags after hours. After hours, sorry. After hours. Do, she, you, do you think it should be after dark? Some people think no, after, after hours say after good. dark. Well, well, wags well, after hours. Because then I sometimes I do wags before hours. <laughs> oh, wags business hours? Wags business hours. We should close it off here. With the song to light the way. Okay. Can I tell you what I'm seeing right now in my head? I'm seeing you and me like on horses crossing like. You know, it's the Delta River. Yeah, crossing the oh, Delta. The Delta flats where the horses roam. Joe Wagner, oh Wagner, brother, wags he says. Oh, that's not good. Quote. What if we, I would just? I was like, I, I imagine just going down a river. And we see Arnold Schwarzenegger having sex with the maid, <laughs> like <laughs> by, the a, by a rock. <laughs> oh, he waves at us. Tumbleweed tumbling by, Schwarzenegger waves at us as he's deep in the brown pillows <laughs> of the Mexican maid. Oh, sorry, she's El Salvadorian. <laughs> we don't know. Made we'll a check it out. We need to check that on Google. We she don't could know. Be from Honduras. <laughs> it could have been from Honduras. She could be from Peru. <laughs> she could be from Ecuador. But who really knew? Nicaragua. Nicaragua, yes. <laughs> Nicaragua, yes. Nicaragua, yes. Nicaragua, yes. Keep going. Let me look it up. Nicaragua, yes. Colombia, yes. I'm looking. I'm looking. Here we go. Guyana, no. Google, Google, Google. El Salvador. Okay, wait. Salvador, El Salvador. Arnold. <laughs> from Costa Rica. Rica. There you go, there you go. Okay, from Chiapas. Mexico. Mazatlan, Mexico. Mazatlan, also Chiapas. Also Sonora Borderlands. Oh my god, I'm so close. I'm so close. I'm what, so close. What Hispanic ethnicity was Arnold Schwarzenegger's maid? Who became his lover? Mildred Bayana. Mildred Bayana. Honduras, who makes the pupusa? Do Have you had pupusas? I've had many pupusas at the Central Market. Dude, have you been drowning in pupusa? I've been drowning in that fermented cabbage they put on top. It tastes so fucking good. Did you see that uh, Clint Eastwood and his wife are separating? 
Not surprised. <laughs> by the way, are you into Clint Eastwood's love life? <laughs> by the way, Joe is on Yahoo News. <laughs> uh, like the fucking song, trying to find out what the ethnicity was to Arnold Schwarzenegger's lovely man. I can't find this. It's a... He, she was from... Mil... El Salvador. <laughs> El Salvador. El Salvador. Maybe she's from Chile. Or maybe ethnic, from eth ethnic, ethnic background. Here we go. Argentina. Are you ready? <laughs> no, she's not from Argentina. Maybe from Brazil. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. From. Oh, does she have a MySpace page? <laughs> She's Guatemalan. She is Guatemalan. Not from El Salvador. Not from Ecuador. She is from Guatemala. 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 Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Johnny. It's going to be a two-parter. Sesame Street recollection sound there for the intro to Trusting the Wind Musical Selection. <laughs> ah. Okay, okay. Now this is going to be another one of these sort of cafe musical sections. That's what I'm going to call it, a cafe. It's like a little cafe version of the full restaurant of a typical Twisting the Wind musical section. Because m multiple things... But one of them is time, and the second one is that coming up soon, I'm going to have a full-blown blast-off episode of Twisting the Wind with a music expert. That <laughs> uh, sounds so stupid, but it's true. So that's going to be coming up. So I'm still just giving you these little cafe snippets here, okay? Uh, this band is great. This band I'm going to play for you is a band called Sons. S-U-U-N-S. -S. They're from Montreal, Canada. They've been around for a little while now. This is off their newest album. It's called Images du Futur, which I believe is the language of French, which means images of the future. It's on a record label called Secretly Canadian. A great, great label. They've been secretly Canadian niddling things for a long, long time now. And you should buy this album for goddamn sure. Go to the Twisting the Wind Go to <laughs> go, go 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 Joe to Twisting the Wind on feralaudio.com and you can buy this album through Amazon. The whole album is great. I truly believe that it's and vouch for it. It's um these guys have a amazing huh, how do you describe it? It's like this dreamy rhythmic feel that sounds like 
It sounds like hip hop, dog. Hip hop, if it was done by like white guitar people who are on like um, sort of a beautiful combination of methadone and methamphetamine, someplace in Indonesia where it's really cool to be not speaking the language, just hanging out in like a international bohemian what do you call that shit uh jet setter uh expat like an expat hotel where you're all just blasted out on the the greatest drugs that you can't take back with you because you don't want to end up and that show locked up abroad okay that's what this shit sounds like it's just real <laughs> the drums sound amazing the fucking how they're recording the drums are great and i don't know if this is a this constitutes some type of a hipster thing, which people are gonna gonna be. What this fucking Urban Outfitters? It's probably being played in Urban Outfitters, but I don't give a fuck. Sometimes, you know, who cares? This is Edie's dream from that album, Images of Future by Sons. Listen to it. Get the whole album because there's other tracks you're gonna fucking love, bro. Yeah. <laughs>